Hey y'all, just a quick note about this week's episode. It does contain explicit talk about grief and loss, specifically infant loss, elder loss, and infertility. If there's not something you think you have the room for right now, we understand if you want to sit this one out. We want to make sure that you are taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, and all the other leads. So we understand if this one you may just want to skip. We love you. Take care of yourself. On to the show. show is way too long. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be trying to be like, because so much, last week was the, was the very beginning of um, retrograde, and it's like, soon as we went live, every electronic that we had up going live, oh, fell. All of them. All of them went, all right. <laughs> every last one of them went off. <laughs> It was like, and go. All of them. The the tablet I had, his phone. Uh, <laughs> it was, pick it up. We had to pick it up like in the midst of it. We were live already on here, but then everything fell. So you hear me laughing in the very beginning because I'm trying to fix the tablet. Wow. And then his phone, like he went through like three different iterations of trying to put his phone together. And then it just kept going forward. And he was like, fuck it. I want to do it. <laughs> My usual. <laughs> That's right. This is how I usually handle things here at my depression guy jokes. I need a sticker so I can make you put it on here. Yes, I'm trying to like. I, I took a, I took a couple people off because I don't like them no more. But wow. <laughs> well, put mine because well, I ain't never. There were a couple business. There were a couple businesses that I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't patronize no more. Do so that's that's all that was. Okay. I did the paper towel idea. <laughs> we told you to put the paper towel. <laughs> how you know you can see us? We're gonna exactly. We're gonna just. We're gonna just, we're gonna find just, uh, out. Hope, you know. We're gonna pray. Supporting the floor. We just went. She just came from church. <laughs> spirit. So we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray, Dag Nabbit. But all, all this talking that we do, we still haven't told anybody that is listening yes. currently that this. Where you go? Please. <laughs> this alone. is this is about the precious guy jokes the podcast where we disarm the ashiness of mental illness and mental. Stigma through humor. I'm Joy. And I am Montreal. <laughs> and I'm just trying to fix this lie. <laughs> trying to. Get us right. Don't pay me no bad. Do you ask too many questions now? Um, and we have two incredible guests in here with us today. And just a disclaimer for anyone who may um, be triggered by this particular episode, we will be talking at length about uh, issues with grief, um, infant loss, um, infertility and so if this is not something that you really want to talk about catch us next week because <laughs> this may not be the episode for you or we'll just let you know like hey this is what is about to get heavy so that's when you know you can turn off so <laughs> we got to prepare people now i don't want no no messages in the inboxes being like y'all didn't tell us that y'all was gonna be talking about that today it's like almost said the n-word <laughs> continue <laughs> so yeah but um for our beginning Subject like you know this is this is the part of the show where you're signing in on the clipboard at the doctor's office and this is where you go sit down in the waiting room until mm-hmm. they actually call you back. So That's this a is a really good analogy. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what we're about to do. That good really job. Was. Yeah. So 
So I have a couple things I want to talk about. So first of all, did anyone see the like the Maya Angelou clip where yeah. she was on whatever talk white talk show she was on? It was Sally and Jesse then, Raphael. Okay, that's cool too. So she, <laughs> This, you know, lonely the, black lady showed up, women. and she asked, you know, Miss Angelou, and she called her Maya, and she asked her how did she feel about interracial date, interracial relationships. And before my girl Maya <laughs> could even say anything, <laughs> she said, first of all, you don't have enough accolades to call me Maya." She didn't say it like that, of course. <laughs> she basically, she just was like, "You don't get to call me by my first name. It's Miss Angelou." And a lot of people in this generation now watching the, you know, the tape, they're like, that's so disrespectful. How can Maya Angelou do that? Who does she think she is? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So they were saying that she is, and I read one, one comment was like, you know, I will respect her because that's what my mom taught, taught me, but she is not my mother. And this is because Maya said, you know, I am your teacher, I'm your mother, I'm, you know, I'm your I'm mama, I'm things. your daddy, and so I'm you don't get to call me by alley. my first name. Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot of people who are older than me. I'm not going to say y'all old. But how I do think you guys that's what he just I'm only like that. six years. <laughs> What? Right, just, just right in your face. And as women, we have old people in the room. So. <laughs> like David Ruffin over here. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Who said that? Right, who said that? that? <laughs> who said that? But like, how do you guys feel about that? Because personally, I think that she was right, and I don't think that she did it in like a in a place of malice. She was just like, look, you need to respect your elders. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get to call me by my first name. So who are you to do name? that? Right. I'm like 69. At that, at that time, she was like 62, 69 years old. Yeah. So, who the fuck are you to be calling me? <laughs> yeah. Period. <laughs> Period. So, how do y'all feel about that? Yes. I mean, I would agree with you. Um, I think she has earned the right to be called Miss Angelou, number one. Right. Um, and two, I think. I think it's all in how you communicate what you what you want back. You know, if she said it respectfully, what's the problem? You know, I think just like a doctor who earns the title doctor, mm -hmm. and they say, "Don't call me by my first name. I've earned the, I'm Doctor So and So." And it's all about how you request to be spoken to and how you put that out there, how you communicate it. And I think like I didn't see the clip, but um, in what you're saying, it sounds like she said it respectfully. Um, but I think these days people find a problem with. Anything. Anything. So yeah. This Every, is very true. Everybody's yeah. triggered by something. By something. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the words of the great teacher, baby. What's about to happen? Put some respect on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is. That's what, I mean, that's, we keep talking about these generational differences. Put some respect Period. on my name. Yeah. Like, that's it. That woman earned the right, the blood, the sweat, the tears, she earned the right to be called by her formal yeah. name, Mrs. Mm -hmm. or Miss Angelou. Like, you walking up to somebody going, Maya, that's like wait, addressing wait your homegirl. Who? who you talking to? Right. right. We, we just can't. And it's, are we, are we all oversensitive now? Yeah. C yeah. Can we be blowing it out of proportion? But if you really just drill down to the base of it, it's respect. really a matter of respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And to, for someone to say, oh, my mom taught me to respect my elders, but she ain't my mom. So you just disregarded what your mother taught you. Basically. She didn't teach you just mm. respect me. Right. right. You right. respect the elders. Yeah. And 
And I will say this is, I think that's a lesson that we go to, even if you are not an elder, like, especially at work. I I really struggle with <laughs> calling people miss. <laughs> I'm sorry, you still work there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Got a little too close to home. Hold on. Me and B used to work together, and then she decided to go into greener pastures <laughs> and leave me, me behind. <laughs> so, me free. The Lord did free her, and here I am, still in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Y'all don't even understand. I'm not joking. So anyway. I do struggle with the, the thing of um, saying Mr. or Mrs. or just mm-hmm. calling them by their first name, especially if I respect you. Mm-hmm. Now, because I don't respect a lot of these people, I don't do those things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the people that I do, I was like, well, you know, Mrs. so-and-so or Mr. whatever. Even with the clients, well, they have ID or like a development disorder, mm-hmm. you're going to still say Mr. and Mrs., mm-hmm. especially yeah. if I do it. Mm-hmm. So you don't just call this person by their first name. Right. If you see the mm-hmm. other people around them who are on the same tier as them, right. calling right. them by, you know, giving them mm-hmm. their salutations. Like, we're not doing that. Right. But I think we also come to a generation where they feel disrespected if they're corrected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, why, did, why would she correct her in public to shame mm-hmm. her? But the thing was, Maya really didn't do that. She was yeah. like, I'm going to let you know right now that you would never call me that again in your life. <laughs> and I'm letting you know so everyone that, that you there. represent knows as well so no one else will make that mistake. No. So that's not even just for me. Yeah. That's for any person you come across. Yeah. You just like, oh, hey, girl, what's up? Excuse me, sis, I am a whole lawyer. <laughs> like, I am your lawyer. So what you would not do is just call me, you know, by my first name. Or, you know, I just earn that respect. And then until we get familiar, yeah. that's when you call me my, by my first name. And that's if I give you permission right. to do so. Bam. If I don't do it, then don't, don't just assume. I know there's a lot of spaces right now. Like, I feel kind of weird when people call me Miss Joy. Especially when I was doing paper storms and working in church. And it was like pressed upon me to let the kids call me Miss Joy. Mm-hmm. But it always made me feel uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't consider myself. Like when I am being told that I'm reaching auntie status and I'm like, I still don't feel like I'm there yet. Yeah. So it's like you're, you're giving me a title that I don't think I'm not necessarily deserve, but I'm not in that space yet. Mm-hmm. I've reached auntie mm-hmm. status as well. <laughs> <laughs> but he called us old. <laughs> kids will let me know how old I am. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> See, that's the part, because I don't feel that way. So whenever yeah. they would tell me that, oh, well, you need to let the kids call you by miss, I'm like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So I kind of allowed it to happen because they, they felt weird not doing it, but when they hit that age of 18 or when they graduated high school, they kind of stopped with the miss, which I was happy about. They just kept calling me Joy. I'm like, okay, that makes me happy. Well, they saw you as a peer at that point. Right. But when they're but younger... But are we peers? No, no. because okay. at some points, and you know I struggle with the whole people addressing me as doctor. Yeah. Um, in my classroom, you're addressing me as doctor yeah. because I have to establish authority here. Yeah. <laughs> there's an authoritative relationship yeah. in this classroom but yeah. when I'm working in a space where I want to be the peer mm-hmm. then you can call me Chantel right you know so but I got to give you permission you got to give you permission that. to do it right and so it's it's about the relationship that you're trying to establish yeah. when those kids turn 18 you are now a peer yeah but when they were 12 you are the, the leader you're the authoritative yeah. figure so but does that authoritative space <clears throat> change depending on like, who, who gives the person that authority? 
can you choose to say I still have the authority, but you can be less formal with me? Um, I think it's on, based on what you're giving and what they are receiving. Mm -hmm. So when they graduated from Paper Storms, you mm -hmm. are no longer providing them a service. Right. So then the authoritative relationship kind of diminishes. Yeah. But when you are providing the service, mm -hmm. you are the giver. Yeah. And they are the receiver. <laughs> you establish it. That's yeah. the establishment. Okay. Okay. So like with Maya, we take it back to that. That's yeah. the teacher. She's giving the lesson. Launch her own she is <laughs> in the authoritative position. I know you about to say something. <laughs> so go ahead on. I feel attacked. Why? Because I was about to say anything crazy. I was just agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. The way you did. And then everyone shifted to me too, like. Montreal. Well, can y'all see how Montreal is David Ruffin this mic? That's yeah. why I I'm keep just going. Listening. You about to say something crazy? <laughs> this is who I am. I right. I am. <laughs> but um, thank y'all for that because I mm -hmm. wanted to. I I didn't want to say a lot on it, like on it. social media, because I was yeah. like, "Well, I'm gonna save it for this." But I was like, "Who the fuck do y'all think y'all are?" <laughs> <laughs> Just be calling people by their first name. Even like what you said, like in the classroom, I have a I have a professor that we're you know kind of on the friends level now. Mm -hmm. I still call her Dr. Cadesti because yeah. that's her name. Exactly. You know, in the classroom was like you know Dr. Bond and Dr. Wilder, but now you use her last name. But even in a familiar setting, her name is still Dr. Cadesti. Mm -hmm. So I'm not. I don't know. I just feel like my yeah. mom raised me with a little bit of respect and yeah. a little you know a little integrity. So <laughs> I'm not going to be like, oh, hey, girl. Mm. Mm. Wait, yeah. Wait a minute. no, sis. And Let's I think calm it down. plays a lot. It plays a lot strongly, a lot stronger in black dynamics. Because right. we want to give mm -hmm. that reverence to somebody like off jump. But right. these are black people who are saying that she was wrong for calling. Yeah. And this, and I saw an older black man was like, "Oh, she was wrong for calling the child out in the public space. She should, she should have took her like privately and said." What she needed to say to her. First off, this is my Angela. She's right. not taking nobody. She got a jet, uh, uh, you know, playing the catch. Right. Why would she take her privately in the yeah. studio? She didn't call her Maya privately. Well, she called right. her Maya in this open public She didn't space. disrespect her in private, so why can she right. not be corrected? And, and you know, I will say this. Yeah. I don't even think that she intentionally wanted no. to disrespect no, her. No, not at all. I think <laughs> that she was just right. a little and too familiar yeah. in the unfamiliar yeah. space. Did she seem offended by what Maya said? No. Okay, and is so she. What? Right. And she even corrected herself when Maya said something. Oh, well, Miss Angelou. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's so it. In the conversation. Because yeah. I haven't watched the clip. Mm -hmm. I've seen it come up in my feed, but I haven't watched it. Mm -hmm. Was the person she corrected white? No, no. she was black. It was the black woman. Yeah. Yes. It was like a younger black woman. She looked like so she this was is all in the family. Early, like so, late teens, early okay. 20s. This is all in the family. That yeah. was in context for me. Yeah. It's the whole, it, it's the, the stuck up auntie who comes to the cookout and she can't say anything. Mm -hmm. and, or she's wrong. And y'all know exactly mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Yep. You know, I am the stuck up. We all know that, Auntie. Yeah, that's a whole She just came oh. back from her, her third <laughs> cruise of the year. Yeah, that, okay. That, that right there was imposter syndrome playing itself out in the public eye. Because if she had said that to a white woman, oh, it would have been, right. wow, Maya asserted her authority. Right. She was a strong black woman. Mm. Right. Because she said it to another black woman. It was disrespectful. She should have supposed to give her a pass. Yeah. We keep it in family. Like, you don't embarrass us in public. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just disagree with that. Well, I, especially like you said. Than the person yeah. it was said yeah. to. But I want to say the N word so bad, but Did you, you understand. You know, we have, we have, no. we but have, you understand. we have futures, we have offsets. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I call, I call the N word futures. Whereas, let me come on. He is. Yeah. The, you know, 
We call them offsets. Exemplary of, yeah. you know, being anywhere. I agree with that. So. <laughs> Next, I have a question. Did you guys see... Well, do you know who Amanda Seals is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, picked, I saw it this morning. Okay. I, did, did, I, did, I told you I was going to go, like, let me catch up, let me do my research, right. and I watched it this morning. Okay, so basically she... I think this was this happened like two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago, right? yeah. It wasn't that long she ago. basically sent out a warning that a guy that he is like a physician or like a no, he is a pediatric neurosurgeon. Um, he is kind of like had a couple of scary encounters with a lot of women. So she basically just said, like, hey guys, you know, a lot of women have come to me about this person. My complaints. I Right. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, even witnessed him kind of be a little inappropriate. And a lot of women, before I even said his name, Mm -hmm. have came to me and was like, you know, he has did this to me and did that to me based on my one encounter. Are we talking like sexual assault? Well, she didn't say sexual assault. Was it insinuated? She said sexually inappropriate. Okay. Okay. And he was aggressive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those are the words that she used. Mm -hmm. So she was like, you know, he was a little aggressive. And based on my one story, six people came to me and said this is something similar, and I never said his name. So she went back and said, you know what, after these six people have said something to me, without me even having to say his name, I feel compelled to tell you who he is so that you can watch out for him. Right. Okay. So then a news, a, a news like, Website came in and said that she lied. Black sports on him. online or something. Right. Like that. Okay. She lied on him and then she admitted that she lied on him, which she never did. She just basically you know, clarified the situation, saying this is who he is, because a lot of people came to me about this person. Um, <laughs> anyway, a lot of people came to me about this person, and I don't know what else to do with this information. Okay. So she went on. On her her Instagram is set this day. So the guy came in with Black Sports Online. He came yeah. in as like very editorial yeah. and very blasphemous and you know defaming article saying that she lied on him and that she said that he was he assaulted her mm-hmm. and um, that he was you know doing all these things to her. So he, even the guy that things she that she never said right things that she never said. Even the, the guy that she accused of came back and was like you know she was just mad because I didn't want to go out with her. Or, you know, these like, people why, are why not, she made these people up. Why do y'all offsets think somebody always want to be with y'all? Period. Hey. So, now right. black men are mad. Yeah. <laughs> when are, because when are black men ever okay? When are black men never mad? Right. So, when are black men ever okay? When are they never okay? When are they ever okay? Like, what's y'all wrong, sis? About something. So, she came in, she basically her her own podcast and just kind of clarified that whole situation with him there. And he even admitted really? to lying yeah. about her in her face. <laughs> yeah. Of you know, about the would whole situation. Would not look her in the eye. Would not look her in the eye. After she kept like he was stupid enough to come. Like, I don't understand what's going yeah. on here. Yeah. He went. So, so Van Lathan had a, a podcast yeah. and they went okay. together yeah. to kind of, you know, hash right, out this situation. Both of them on. Okay. Right. To clarify oh, okay. what was going so on. So it wasn't, but she put it on, I, you know, she I listened to it on her podcast because <laughs> yeah. that's my sister. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give her the views. Anyway. Okay. Got it. But, you know, he basically kind of dodged all the questions. She was like, you know, how would you feel if someone put out a cautionary tale about you and there's no proof behind it? Mm-hmm. So, I guess my question is, how do you feel about her even first saying anything about the situation? And secondly, how would, how would you feel as well? And let's, um, let's do it in... Like, or what would you do in the situation, yeah. basically? And let's do it in about three minutes or less. We want to make sure we have enough time for the yes. future topic. I think as a woman, I would feel obligated 
yeah. you know, to say something, to voice something, um, if there are concerns. Like you said, she didn't say, you know, certain terms. It sounds like certain things were insinuated, though, mm -hmm. as well. But I think as a woman, I would just feel obligated to say something. If, if you are using this man for any kind of service, um, he's your doctor, whoever he is, I would want to know if I was just one of his patients, you yeah. know? That would definitely be a determining factor whether or not I saw you. Going forward. Yeah. For, yeah. For, you know, I mean, I would just feel obligated. Um, I think as a public figure, she <laughs> is, like, kind of obligated yeah. to share things like this. I mean, she's still a woman. Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. still a human. She's mm -hmm. obligated to share this because she's taken on this role of being a public figure. Um, but I don't know. It's like the 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 water just seems muddier to me now. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. faced each other, and it, and it's still lies floating around. So, yeah. right. was there any real clarification? So then you've got now you got this muddy foundation for other people to come build lies mm -hmm. upon yeah. when there are people who have truths. Right. And so when does that person who has a truth about this man or about these situations or assaults or whatever he did, they are going to get caught up that in voice. this web. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, like they lose their voice because yeah. this wasn't handled properly from the beginning, right. it sounds like. So you know, I, she I even to do said my that. research, but I'm not. She said that she wished she would have handled it differently, mm -hmm. but she thought that this would be the best the way best with a uh, criminal it. investigation to happen to to him because she didn't have any concrete proof. And she also opened up that space of, in, talk, in trying to acknowledge and talk to the individual who wrote the article, because that's what she was facing. Mm -hmm. um, she basically told him that, th I went about it this way because the record shows that whenever women, especially black women, come forward, with this information, there's always some people in the leaves saying that, mm -hmm. oh, she made it up. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, something that some sort of encounter went wrong. Mm -hmm. Or she's upset because he didn't want her. Mm -hmm. And she's like... In the, Which all was sad. Right. <laughs> she, basically, she, um, she pointed out that we are in the age of Me Too. Mm -hmm. We're in the age of Time's Up. Mm -hmm. We're in the age of what we hope are R. Kelly and Bill Cosby and all these men that have done these horrible despicable things are coming to justice. Right. So now it does feel a little bit safer on the surface for women to come out and go, hey, me too. And she went about it in a way that she thought would be the best way to do it. And somebody took that and mm -hmm. went, nah, and right. just- Spend it. Right. Like <clears throat> willfully spent it. Um, he knew that he was wrong. She, he acknowledged that, yeah, maybe I could have did a little bit more research. So yeah. she's like, so why right. are we here? <laughs> and he skated thing. over the whole conversation, he to be did. honest with you. He, he skated he, throughout the entire conversation. He was a typical narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing, too, and this is what frustrates me. It's, it's like when these accusations are brought forth, it's, you, it's always something done wrong. You waited yeah. too long. Yeah. Why'd you do it this way? Yeah. You know, the, at the end of the day, the message is out. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. I think people forget about that, you mm -hmm. know, and I feel like a lot of times the victims are victimized, yeah. you know, um, instead of supported. And then yeah. that makes it even more difficult for people to come forward. You yeah. know, it's always, instead of the perpetrator or that person being the issue or the problem, mm -hmm. the, vi the victim is a problem, right. you know, or how you went about it is a problem. Why, like yeah. I said, why you waited so long to say something is a problem, yeah. you yeah. know, and who knows why 
Why right. you do, did it this way? Why you waited? So who knows? Who you know. Knows? But the fact of the matter is, the information is now out. Right. You know. And what are you going to do with it now? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel the same way. I have a I have an ex that found his way onto my page. I sent Montrella a <laughs> screenshot of it, and he was my first iteration of an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And I told my friend who knew about him, who were he's a mutual person that she, um, she and I know. Um, I told her that if I could have gotten to the women that were after me. Mm. To warn them, I would have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot more verbiage, a lot more knowledge, a lot more strength and bravery about me now mm-hmm. than I did five, six years ago mm-hmm. when we were together. But I still would have been like, mm, yeah. no, <laughs> don't do it. This is what he did. Mm-hmm. This is what he did to me. <clears throat> don't believe that whole thing about, oh, well, he don't do it with me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's not, a matter of time. Right. right. It's right, a matter yeah. of time. So, yeah, I, I feel her on that. Yeah. Maybe she could have gotten some more information, done yeah. some own research on her own, but I appreciate you ringing the alarm about yeah. this person so I can at least be aware. Be right. like, mm, no, I'm okay. Whatever's happening here, like, uh, or at least I have the ability to make my own decision but right. with yeah. multiple streams of information. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going to move on into our feature topic, and I wanted to wait until we got into those spaces to properly introduce both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to introduce... I think I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves okay. this time. Yeah, because we normally take turns. But this is my friend so and so, and I have to stand, yeah, girl. <laughs> I got you next time you come on the show. I promise. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, we're gonna bring it in this way. So, Beatrice, we're gonna start with you. Are we just doing name? What, what information would you like? Um, what I guess typically, what information would you give someone if you were doing an interview? What okay. would you give them about you? And a little bit about, I mm-hmm. guess, since today is the topic yeah. that we're talking yeah. about. Okay. Yeah. Um, Don't forget your sign. My sign? Yeah. I got it's, you, baby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what sign are we talking about? I'm a Virgo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Beatrice. I am a Sagittarius, November 27th. Um, and I know today we're going to be talking um, a lot about grief and loss. And um, unfortunately, I have suffered a lot of loss. And so I'm just happy to just talk a little bit about it and share um, some of the things that I have experienced. Um, this is different for me because I'm a very private, private person. And I was talking to Montrell about that last yes, night. But I do think that um, in our community, you know, depression, like, like we talk about mental illness, um, grief, loss, and how we deal with those things are kind of swept under the rug and almost looked, um, you look weak, I guess, kind of for talking yeah. about those things. Mm-hmm. So I think there are topics that um, we need to discuss in our community. So I'm just happy to be here and I'm grateful for being invited. So yes. thank you. Oh. That's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, my friend. <laughs> Um, so I'm Chantel. I'm a Scorpio, the best sign. <laughs> Are you November 8th, <laughs> baby. That's okay. the only real Scorpio. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Help us all, Lord. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. Take a mic. You killed my mic. <laughs> I asked the Lord to help. I can David rough it in too. Okay. That was Jesus. Are, that, are, was, that was shade on my mic. Y'all are October. <laughs> Scorpios, I don't know what y'all be on. Mm. <laughs> because they Libras for real. Uh huh. So, yeah. Okay, listen. <laughs> so, now I get it. Now I get it. Um, you know, by day, I'm a nonprofit leader and consultant and professor. She's Richmond's Oprah. Hello. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but in regards to, today, to today's topic, I've also experienced a lot of loss, including my newborn son. Um, three, June will be three years ago. Um, so I've kind of moved into this space over the past couple of years of 
kind of advocacy and healing simultaneously. It's yeah, crazy, yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's God's plan. Yeah. So that's where we are. All right. Okay. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> turn the mic. Your turn. Right. <laughs> are you going to introduce yourself to <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like you should. Joy, I'm on the podcast. I'm on the podcast. <laughs> There you have it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it. that's that on that. So, <laughs> so um, before and again, if anybody's listening, either on SoundCloud because the live is kind of like, well, you just got to flip it off, sis. Um, but if anybody's I'll listening, warn you on the live. yeah, if anybody's listening on, um, but listening to us live or listening in on the after shows, um, this is where, if this is a too sensitive of a topic for you, this is where you might want to switch off. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Give y'all a minute, to make it, let y'all make y'all decision, and done. So, <laughs> time up. Time. Cut. <laughs> so, um, what made both of you decide? that today was going to be the day that you were okay with coming forward and talking about your instances with loss and grief and how are you processing it? I am. Um, you know, I have those that are close to me that I share things with, mm-hmm. but, um, and very few, like one, two, <laughs> um, you know, but Montreal had asked me to come on and, one, just because he asked me. So I was just like, yes, I can't tell him no. Um, and then leading up to it, like last night I was texting him like, oh, let me just brace myself to be vulnerable, you know, um, because some of my losses are very recent. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, just thinking about the fact that, like I, hello. <laughs> they always doing stuff, weird stuff um, next door. That, you know, these topics just aren't talked about. And I think when you have the ability to be a voice, mm-hmm. um, that you should use it, you know? Yeah. And I think in doing so, um, you're able to kind of enter a space of healing, you know? And I think sometimes holding all of that in, it obviously isn't, you know, healthy or good for you. So mm-hmm. um, I think I also need to take steps to kind of, you know, let some of that, let some of that out. Right. Um. Come on, get close. <laughs> Come on, get close to this mic. Why are you so far away? <laughs> Um, No, seriously, I have gotten to a point in my healing journey, and Joy, you've been walking with me through this journey for a a couple of years now, and so I've kind of gotten to a point in my journey where I'm getting angry, Mm -hmm. and I need an outlet, and and so when you um, gave me the opportunity to say, we're going to sit down and talk about this thing, you ready? I guess I'm ready, because I mean, we all know grief goes in stages, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm in that anger part yeah. of my grief where I'm pissed off mm-hmm. that we don't talk about it mm-hmm. enough, especially as black women. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed off about the things that I did not know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't want to let my sis go mm-hmm. through this. If, mm-hmm. she's gonna, if she's going to experience what I experience, I want her to know some things that I didn't know. Right. And so I'm just... Um, These mics are fighting with you today. Look, I'll on. use both of them. Just there leave me. Just leave both of them there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's... Yes, that's call me too much. I got two right? phones. <laughs> so, <laughs> two phone um, Jones. So I'm just at that space where I, I need the outlets. Yeah. And it's healing for myself, for our community, for other black women, because mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of necessary at this point. 
Yeah. So are you, would either one of you be okay with sharing your stories? Chantel shared a little, shared, shared hers yesterday. Okay. Um, but. So my, look, these mics really ain't loving you me just today. That's all right, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fresh, um, so. Fresh batteries. I'll try to, oh. Yes. You know how we feel about fresh batteries. Yeah. <laughs> Which you hate. So, yeah. <laughs> we do love fresh batteries. Might as well you'll catch that on the way home. <laughs> Cardi sis. Say, Cardi sis. Cardi sis. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> She do not know my life. Wait, wait. I I love the. I I wait to hear it every Sunday. Well, sha na na. (laughs) Sha na 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 na. I don't know where I got that from. I'm just saying. It's okay. It works though. Every time I hear, he's like, "Well, sha na na." It's perfect. (laughs) See. Because she tried it. Get get her voice straight. I gotta get serious for a minute. Um. So I'm gonna, it's not me I'm gonna time nutshell time. my story <laughs> at the same time because it's really long. Um, I've been struggling with infertility for years. I have very severe PCOS for people that don't know that's polycystic ovarian syndrome, which means that my ovaries are covered in cysts, which prevents them from functioning normally. Um, if you know anything about the reproductive system, normal functioning ovaries are the key. <laughs> like yeah. if they don't work, nothing works. Mm. Um, so in 2015, uh, finally, after years of trying and all these disappointments, doctors finally said, hey, your only option is in vitro fertilization. So we went through um, IVF and got pregnant in January of 2016. Everything was great, healthy baby, no problems. Um, at a Beyonce concert in June, I went into labor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, because, you know, B will do that to you. Yeah, <laughs> I went into too lit, too lit. <laughs> I, went, oh, I went into labor um, that Friday night and um, eventually delivered my son on Monday morning. Of course, he was born way too premature and did not survive. Um, the What happened after that? So that's a loss, right, in and of itself that is devastating. Yeah. Um, but the spin on our story has been what has came after. Mm-hmm. Um My son, I went into labor, not because I was like, you know, getting information. I went into into labor because I um, had an infection in my amniotic fluid. And so when your body senses infection, of course, it does whatever it can do to resist. When you're pregnant, that is opening your cervix to let it out. And so my cervix began to open. I went into labor and we couldn't stop it. Um, And so that infection and my lack of knowledge about what was happening in my body mm-hmm. has led to three additional years of infertility. So we're right back. We have done six rounds of in vitro since. Mm-hmm. All of them have failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctors are like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Right. We don't know what's wrong. Yeah. Um, and so it's really been a struggle of getting information, finding support, um, finding other women that will talk about it. Mm-hmm. And just really knowing what was I supposed to do after I gave birth, Mm -hmm. um, what was supposed to happen. I was talking to my best friend this morning. We were talking about how I, um, my milk came in after I gave birth. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that was going to happen. Had I been an uninsured woman at a local hospital, had I given birth to a healthy baby, I would have been assigned a lactation consultant. Mm -hmm. But because my child did not leave the hospital, 
you don't get you that. Figure it out. You figure it out. Yeah. You figure it out. Someone yeah. should have told me how to dry the milk up or how to pump and dump or how to pump and donate or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so literally, I went through months of being out in public yeah. and lactating mm -hmm. and people looking around like, well, where are your baby? Mm -hmm. Not here. And so, yeah. you know, it's that has been the past three years of our life. And it's, you know, it's daily, it's a daily struggle. And then on top of all the other losses that you have, yeah. after you've experienced this monumental loss, you still deal with the loss of parents. And, you know, I lost my father a year before I lost my son. So I was already mm -hmm. in a grief pattern. Mm -hmm. And then to have this monumental loss and all of this devastation afterwards, it's kind of like where we are today. Right. And when does it stop? <laughs> and well, and that's the thing, I don't think that it does. Yeah. But how do you manage? Yeah, day to day. How do you manage day to day? Because it's never going to stop. Yeah. All right. So that's my story. Power to you, girl. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness. I guess I will start with just childhood. Um, my, my story is a little bit unique in that um, I was raised by my grandmother, um, both of my parents, and my only brother um, died of AIDS. Mm -hmm. um, all before I turned seven. Um, so at that young, you don't really understand death. Um, but through the years, you know, not having your parents, not having your only sibling, um, going through the different changes as a young woman, you know, those things affect you. Yeah. Um, but moving on into my adulthood, um, Okay, moving on into my adulthood, um, I also struggle with, um, you know, losses as well with children. Um, within the last year, I've lost three children, miscarriages, um, with the most recent just being in January. Mm -hmm. And um, it's difficult because seeing my doctors, I'm good, babe. Um, seeing my doctors, you know, it's like, well, we don't know what the problem is. and they're running test after test after test, everything is normal. Um, you know, when you do pass the fetus, um, you know, they wanna send it into the lab and just make sure that there were no, um, no issues with that and then everything is normal. So it's kinda like, where do you go with that information yeah. or where do you go from there? What do you do with that? Um, and I think in terms of grief, you just kinda bounce around from stage to stage. I don't think that you ever really get over it, you know? Um, my parents and my brother have been gone for how many years? You know, I'm 31. Yeah. Um, and there are those days where it's like, damn, I just wish I had my mom to say, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I need that, that, that listening ear. Yeah. Um, and you don't have that. And you have friends that, are, that kind of become family because you've yeah. been, you know, um, you've known each other for so long and things like that. But having, you know, that kind of support when you need it it's difficult when you don't have it. Right. Um, and then also in January, I did lose my grandmother who raised me um, a week after losing the last baby. Um, so I am in a place right now of anger, um, heartache, you know, um, all that comes along with that. And I'm, I consider myself or have considered myself a very, um, faithful and religious person. Normally, I, f I consider myself the strong friend, you know, that can kind of just bounce back. Mm -hmm. um, but this last loss of my grandmother, and e even the children, it was difficult, but losing my grandmother, that was like, she was like my mother. She was, right. you know, she was my mother. Yeah. Um, it was hard, you know, it still is hard. 
Um, and I have my days where I don't want to get up and mm-hmm. I don't want to get out of the bed. And I also don't want to call nobody and be like, I'm, I'm fucking struggling. You know, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time because I'm so used to just being the person that just pushes through everything. Um, so the one thing I want to say is that, um, and I know I see a lot of memes recently floating around about this, about strong friends and checking on your strong friends and things like that, is one, for the person who is a strong friend, just it's okay to not be the strong friend. It's okay mm-hmm. to be the person that needs something or needs someone. Um, and for those that are in that person's life, um, even if they say, listen, I'm fine, I'm okay, and you know that they're not, you know, even if you just got to say, we're going to sit on this couch together, you're going to get your ass out of the bed, yeah. open these blinds, you know, today, <laughs> yeah. um, just do it, you know, just be there for the people that you love and that you care about, because it's, it's not easy, right. and some days, I mean, it will literally eat you alive if you allow it to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you both for sharing. Mm-hmm. I, know, I can imagine how difficult that can be to share those stories, but I know you're definitely doing exactly, especially what you want to do with pushing these narratives and stories forward. Mm -hmm. So why, um, to kind of touch a little bit and kind of bring this out, zoom out a little bit, why do you think it's so difficult for black women specifically to be taken seriously in these spaces when it comes to grief laws, infant laws, infertility? All those sorts of things. In my mind, it goes back to, you know, when we were brought over here as slaves. Women were children bearers, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, one, the the uncomfortable conversations don't start with the white doctor Mm -hmm. or the white nurse. It starts with your your aunt, who every time she see you, why you ain't had no baby yet? Because I know you get it, because I get it too. So those uncomfortable conversations with black women start at home, because the minute you are of childbearing years and people think you should have had a baby by Mm -hmm. now there is something wrong with you you're Mm -hmm. 31 but i'm 37 and so by this age people are like y'all ain't had no baby yet Mm. you know so not knowing the story not knowing the story or none of that so those uncomfortable conversations start there so then it causes the women who experience this to clam up Mm -hmm. because they've already been judged before they even decided if Mm -hmm. they want children or not yeah Mm -hmm. so then once they decide that they want children you're already scared to share because you've you've already been judged. It ain't that you're afraid of the judgment. You've already experienced it. And so then when we go to doctors, like I would go to doctors and not tell them that my cycle hadn't came. So when I started seeing the latest fertility specialist, when I got there and I finally was like, listen, first of all, he ain't free. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) insurance paid for those regular doctor's visits, but those fertility specialists don't usually take insurance. Right. So I'm telling him everything, sir. I haven't had a cycle in two years. Mm. It was the first time that I told a doctor, like I used to lie to them about the last day of my first cycle yep. because I didn't want them to go, ooh, are you going to have a baby? Do right. you want to have a baby? Is something wrong? Is right. something wrong? Yeah. What is going on? And so when I told this man that I had not had a cycle in two years, it changed the game. It's like, oh, let's see what's really going on. That mm-hmm. was the, a, a doctor years ago had told me I had PCOS. This doctor, when he, two years without a cycle, can literally cause your reproductive system to shut down. Mm. The lining of your uterus is overgrowing itself. Yeah. It's overgrown. It's supposed to be, I think, like four millimeters thick or something mm-hmm. at any given time. I'm getting there, mine's like 13 mm. because you haven't shed the lining. That's yeah. what a menstrual cycle is. Yeah. Um, so those, com- it's, it's not that, it's that, it's us. It starts with us. Mm-hmm. It's not that 
people don't want to talk about it is that I didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, when all of my friends were having babies, yeah. <laughs> my defense mechanism was acting like I didn't want no kids. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. really want no kids while yeah. I was dying inside, mm-hmm. knowing that I hadn't had a cycle, knowing that I was having unprotected sex and should be getting pregnant or at least having a pregnancy scare. Right. <laughs> like, dang, sis, can I, can I get a scare? Oh, no. Are we praying for a scare? <laughs> Are we praying for a scare? Okay. Oh. That's new. That's okay. Can I at least get a scare? Get like, That's you know? not the thought department. <laughs> the fact that my friends could call me and be like, girl, I think I'm pregnant and I couldn't have those conversations because yeah, yeah. I never thought I was pregnant because there was no way I was getting pregnant because my system, my reproductive system wasn't doing anything that would yeah. result in a child. So it just, it, the conversation gets kind of covered, locked in keys, starting with us. Mm-hmm. Like the first thing Beatrice said was, I'm a private person. Because she already knows, she's probably mm-hmm. had those discussions. Oh, and here's the, you know, oh, I had a miscarriage. Oh, in God's time. Oh, yeah. God. Girl. <laughs> Come on, Christian. If, right, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you, God didn't want you to say that. No. Right. No, God didn't, didn't want you to say that. That's not what he, me and God talked about right. this. Where God I <laughs> Show me where I said show, that. Right. Show me in the Bible right. where God is like, you going to get me in my time. Say this right. to everybody right. who has experienced. It's going to happen in God's time. I'm just, 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 just go ahead and say that you don't you don't have any words. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just listen. Like, it's like, so, so you're dealing with women who are already repressing these conversations yeah. because of judgment, because of generational curses, because of just things that have been embedded in our DNA. Yeah. And then you got people trying to put it on God. Yeah. I mm-hmm. talk to God. Right. I, he said, stop putting that on him. Like, <laughs> he so, didn't say that. He, he didn't say that. Say that. He didn't tell me. Everywhere I said that. that. Okay. Oh, God gave, I ain't say that God gave me a word and he told me to tell you tell me? Time. I talked to God. He said he didn't say that. He didn't yeah. say that. So, so why you just making up shit, sis? So why you like, making up shit? That's sis? what I'm saying. You just gonna just sit like here in the quiet. You gonna lie in the quiet loft. You gonna sit here in the quiet loft and make up shit. Yeah. Hey, there, y'all. Get away from me, Sister Bernie. Stop it. Stop it. That's Sister Bernie. Hey, there, you. But it happens. Legit, me and my husband have not, we have been married five months. Mm-hmm. If y'all, we, I've heard when y'all gonna have a baby more times than I've heard congratulations. <sighs> wow. yeah. mm. Well, Why are you so invested in what I'm That's doing? what I'm saying. And then they're not going to take care of it. Anyway, right. So. Not at all. You're not going to come You're back. You're not going to babysit. You're not going to wash a dish. You're not going to oh, do none of that. That's why I never yeah. ask. Because I know I'm not going to babysit. <laughs> he ain't babysitting nobody damn kids. Nobody. Facts. B knows. Like, girl, I would I take know. your child to and from anywhere you want him to go. <laughs> No, we go to McDonald's. I got McDonald's money. I'm good with that. Don't ask me to babysit him. No, I don't want to see it. No. So yeah, the conversations is just repressed, beginning with us. Yeah. Um. You know, we go to and I and don't get me wrong. I've been to doctor. The very first fertility specialist I went to told me. That he would not, uh, requ- he would not recommend in vitro for me because I was not married. What? Just telling y'all. Oh, he patriarchy! <sighs> right. He told me, and that was the. La- I will never patriarchy. forget. It was the. It was the day before Christmas Eve, twenty fourteen, wow. and I was like at my wit's end because nothing was happening, 
And he basically was like, yo, well, you're not married, so I wouldn't um, suggest that. He had been my doctor for like seven years. I Time loved him. Right. Loved him. Nothing. Yeah. I was about to burst out into tears, oh and I was goodness. like, here, here we go, though. Yeah. I just got up and said, okay, I understand. I love. Because if I had flipped this damn desk over, the angry black I'm, the, woman. I'm the angry black woman now. Yeah. And yeah. so trying to keep myself from doing it, I mean, I just never went back. Yeah. But in reality, I would love to go back to this man today and go, so now what and what? Right. Now what? Right. And what? What's what, popping? What changed outside of a piece <laughs> of paper? So now, so <laughs> my husband and I have had a child. We've lost a child. We've gotten married, and we still haven't gotten pregnant. So What's was up? marriage? Right. Was right. marriage the magic? Right. That was pill? the answer. Right. right. Because it still hasn't happened, so I would love to go back to him now and say all the things I wanted to say just then. Just sit but in his waiting room. Yeah, I had to. You know, I couldn't be the angry black woman, just yeah. like with support groups. <clears throat> I went to one. After I had my son. How was it? Horrible. She only went to one. So. <laughs> right. Right. Horrible. I went in there. I was the only black woman because black people don't go right. to therapy no. and support. We don't talk about like, this We don't talk about it, right? right? We pray about it. I went to one. I sat there. And it was, Lord forgive me, it was a bunch of soccer moms who oh. already had two or three children yeah. and who had lost. And I grieved their loss with them. They, my sisters in laws. Got it. Yeah. Um, but when you're... Your, all of your sharing is about your children that are living. Where do I have space to talk about my child who's in a cemetery? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I left out of there feeling more depressed Worse. than I did when I walked in. I yeah. was like, this, this ain't it. Right. This ain't it. And then I looked around for spaces where it was just, went in this area, there, there were just women who had lost their only child. Because mm-hmm. that's a different, mm-hmm. yeah. that's a different grief. Yeah. yeah. Then a child, then someone who's lost their third, or, you know, they have three children and then they lost a fourth. It's a different type of grief. Their grief is no less, no more, but it's different. different. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I couldn't find a space for myself. Oh, it was horrible. I don't know. Mm. Oof. Oh. Mm. And it's, I don't like the layers and the hoops that people feel like you have to jump through to justify your grief. Yeah. That's the part I don't like because I may have lost differently than you mm-hmm. do than my grief carries more, carries less. Mm-hmm. And I've, from what I've seen and things I've read about and um, even experienced in my spaces of grief, it's like, oh, well, because my grief didn't involve something that yours did, mm-hmm. then mine doesn't count. Right. So how do, how do you deal with those types of narratives that people try to push on you? Um, I think that, I just, I think loss is loss, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have a problem saying how I feel. <laughs> so I don't have a problem. She really no does baby. not. <laughs> you know, Any one of my friends that did, um, she's not one of them. Right. You know, I think, like I said, I just think, I think loss is loss. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, for me, I, I don't, like I said, I'm very vocal about how I feel. If you offend me, I'm going to yeah. tell you. Right. You know, so that just kind of works for me. Um, but one thing I wanted to say was that, and because um, I know you had answered the last question, mm-hmm. um, I also feel like as black women, we are put in this position that we have to always be so strong, you know, that you have to be this or you're weak Mm. or you're this or you're that. Um, Like every person doesn't get to have those moments Mm -hmm. or those spaces in their lives where they're just fucked up, you know, like, you know, who doesn't have those days, those moments, those weeks, whatever it may be for that person. Um, you know, so I think that we need to allow people mm-hmm. just to be 
vulnerable mm-hmm. like and, and like you said just open mm-hmm. those spaces yeah. up for up for people to do that you know yeah. even i've had people that i love dearly that i consider like family to me mm-hmm. that are friends that i consider family to mm-hmm. me um you know say things like like you said chantel like um god knows best and oh you could try again as if this loss isn't is insignificant yeah, and right. because you can try again that's supposed to replace this loss right. you know and or you'll get over that loss or you'll get over that you, yeah, over. you know yeah. you don't ever i don't i would like to think that you get over it i would yeah. like to think that there's one day you just don't think about it anymore or it doesn't affect you but i don't think that that's realistic and yeah. that that really happens you know so i just want to say that be mindful of what you say. Be mindful of your words. And even though you think that you're helping, sometimes just shut up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like just listen. <laughs> you know. Yes. So what? Are, what are some? <laughs> you know, what are some suggestions? Like, what are the? If you were the other person, what would you say to someone that is experiencing that specific loss? To be able to help them to go, oh, okay, that's a better thing to say versus, oh, it's God's timing. Oh, um, what's the one that they always say? Um, everything happens for a reason. Oh, girl. If I hear that one more time. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simple. And Joy, you do this so well with me. How are you today? God damn. (laughs) That's it. Rocket science. How? Yes. That's it. concept. Joy, Joy, need my number. That's the magic pill. Yeah. Run me my money. How you doing? That's it. That's it. That's before it. you ask me for anything, yes. before you read my post, and, then you slide, me about and, your yes, and slide into my DM and tell me about your loss, yes. or you slide Girl. into my DM and tell me about your sister's brother, cousin, oh, baby yes. mama, yeah. who lost her baby too, so you understand. Yeah. Simply go. Sis, how are you today? (laughs) Drop the mic. (laughs) And then drop the mic. How are you? And here's the thing, because we know how we are. Yeah. Yeah. So Joel knows. She'll slide into my inbox and be like, how you doing, sis? Fucked up. Yeah. Today is real fucked up. She'll hit me with an okay, and I'll be like, for real. You Right. But for real, how are you doing? She'll ask the question again when I'll be like, I'm okay. No, how are you today? Yeah, how are you? And then that's what I'm allowed to know. Yeah. Fucked up today. Yeah. Today's bad. Yeah. I'm not feeling great. Mm-hmm. I want to go, you know, kick somebody. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But and we can do that. Montreal I mean, always we, has the hands on layaway. Really? My depression got hands. <laughs> <laughs> like. I mean, that's the best one I can give. I don't know about you, Beatrice, but my thing is, can you please just ask me how I am? I am still a yeah. person. I'm still a human. Yes, I am grieving. Yes, I'm a grieving mother, yeah. but I'm still Chantel. Just go, Chantel. How are you doing today? And be ready for whatever answer you yes. receive. Yes. yes. But, and that's the thing. And be genuine like about it. it. Right. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing to fix it. Yeah. And Chantel has actually taught me how to be, she has probably had no idea until I'm saying it right now. <laughs> Chantel, you've taught me how to do that. Not fix it? Yeah. Because you yeah. ain't no damn yeah. carpenter. Yeah. Right. And my, I told you. Exactly. Say that one more time. You and, ain't no damn carpenter. And my first <laughs> reaction is to fix yeah. shit because that's yeah. how I was raised. Yeah. Like, fix it. And it's like, I'm, I'm no more of a martyr than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So me trying to fix it and, and doing something to try to fix your stuff mm-hmm. is not going to make it any better. Right. So mm-hmm. the best thing I can do and what Caitlin has taught me on this show yes. is to go, 
ask the question, how are you? Mm -hmm. Kaylin taught me, let me make sure I have room to receive whatever yes. she's about to say. Yeah. Because she could very well be like, it's one of them days, sis. And I have to make sure I have the room to give her yeah. or to yeah. let her pour whatever she yeah. needs to pour yeah. in this space and go, okay, here it mm -hmm. is. And everybody doesn't have that capacity. Mm -hmm. They think they do. Mm -hmm. They come in, girl, how you doing? Mm. Shit is fucked up. Oh, girl, what's good for me? Have a good day. Right. <laughs> or they start saying, well, me too. And then, and right. and dump and then they pour into you. Yeah, it's no. like, I don't want that. This is yeah. my favorite. I don't need that. I ain't asked for that. And people do it out of the kindness of their heart. And they is really it? think they are helping. helping. Say when it. they go, call me if you need anything. Y'all don't mean that. You know she what? Can I say this? You I told B that. that when her grandmother died, I said, call me. But I meant it. I yeah. said, if yeah. you need anything, let me know. And recently, another friend of mine, her brother just died. Mm -hmm. And I said, seriously, call me if you need yeah. me. Yeah. Because I don't say these things lightly. When I say, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. I mean it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me. And I've Tell me what's that. up. No, I'm I've talking about that, that the one that ends the conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, all right, girl. Call me. Sorry for your loss. Call me if you need me. you feel good. Period. No. Period. 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 And then you feel good about it because you feel like right. you did something. Right. Okay, you reached out. Right. Yeah. I did my part. See but that's why we do it because we want yeah. to feel better. Like, I'm okay. So yeah, I, 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 told, I said something. I reached out to her. I did it. Right. I, I told her. I told her. Let me know if she's anything. I checked all the things off. I've changed that language. I don't ask. I don't say call me if you need me. I specifically ask what do you need. Yes. That's and that's that what a viewer just said. I like to say, what yeah. do you need? Do you don't, need? I, don't tell me, call me if you need me. Because let me Did that put the ball in your court? Not yeah. just that. For someone who is grieving or like myself, I have PTSD. I yeah. literally waited 54 hours for my son to die. Yeah. So that is my Damn. trigger. Yeah. So if you tell me to call me, call you when I need something, if I'm in one of those spaces where I'm sitting in silence, just I can't. Come out that no. to call I can't. you no. because I'm hungry. Right. I need you to say, Chantel, what do you need? And I can say, right. I need food. Yeah. Right. Or I yeah. need water. Yeah. But if you are waiting for me to come out of that space, out of that trench, yep. I'm coming. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. No. And you damn sure you coming down here with me. I need you to stick your head in here and be like, yo, you hungry down there? <laughs> <laughs> and not wait for me to yeah. flip up and say, I send you down a basket. Right. You right. good? Because we yeah. can Netflix and chill in that damn hole. I got you. Yeah. They get comfortable down there. So it I need, I need you. It's hard to get up. It is. Yeah. You need to get up. It hurts. It hurts to get up. You in that trench and you like, like, I ain't moving right yeah. now. Right. My hips hurt, my, but my, I don't want to I'm move. hungry. My mm -hmm. stomach touching my back. I just need... But if someone... Because that's how depression works, right? Mm -hmm. If yep. someone goes, do you need food down there? Yeah. I can say yes. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I don't have the strength to get up and think about who can I call right. to yeah. go to Chipotle for me. I need somebody to be... I need somebody to initiate that for me to look down and say, hey, you need food down there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, one thing that my grandfather, like I told you, I would never forget. Mm -hmm. He told me if you really cared about really cared about something, you would just do it. Yeah. So I wouldn't even ask you what do you need. Just bring the food. I just bring show it. up and bring just, food. Because yeah, right. I know your yeah. ass yeah. hasn't right. yeah. eaten. I know yeah. that. You, you already at Chipotle. You know like, I, I, I know you did. I know yeah, you did. Yeah. 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 I'm already yeah. Like, you, you in line in Chipotle, order your bowl, and you text me, and I'm like, it's a bad day. Hey, give me two of those. Yeah. Because I know if you having a bad day, no, you have I know to you need. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's not call me if you need anything. It's what do you need? Yeah. Do you need and be specific? Do you need food? Do you need a hug? Right. Yeah. Do you just need me to come sit there? Yeah. Like yeah. my yeah. friend Joy does that all the time. She'd be like, Do you want me to just come sit with you? Yeah. I just sure. like, you can just sit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can just come sit. You gotta do nothing. She had her laptop out. I had my laptop out. And I'll just be like, hey, remember that thing? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> You need those you people. Need those people. Life. You, you need, do. And we need people Everybody to step up and be those. <laughs> yes. I've been trying to tell people. 
Everybody, that, everybody, everybody get the majority. Listen, but Montreal has shown yeah. me how to do that too. You like, can't ration her off because I, I <laughs> took a lot of it. <laughs> Montreal has shown me how to do that too because he's taught me different language since he's been on the show. Kaylin has taught me different language, and then working with the friends that I have, mm-hmm. all of y'all have taught me language because I used to be that fixer. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just use. Mm-hmm. Girl, I got this hangnail. What we got to do about the hangnail? Right, I, got I got clippers. I got Listen. file. I got this. And then it really took me getting kicked in the ass multiple times by these same friends mm-hmm. to me to be like, oh, girl, you got a hangnail? Girl, I had one of those before, too. Yeah. Anyway. So what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a long yeah. time yeah. to do that until I started finding and the, those friends that found me mm-hmm. that, girl, I got a hangnail. Okay. What, what are we gonna do about the hangnail? Mm-hmm. I just want to say I had a hangnail. Oh, okay, cool. You right. want to go hear some eat? Yeah. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Those friends, are, yeah. I did not understand. I said there's a few shows back. I did not understand true friendship until I have the group of people around me now. Yeah. And <laughs> the way Chantel and I met, she cussed me out about all my businesses. <laughs> oh gosh. At our first meeting, oh, and I, went, I heard about this. <laughs> did you hear about this? Several times. Go ahead. <laughs> What version of the story did you get, my cousin? Do I be lying right on now? <laughs> she said you cussed her out. You got her together. Yeah. Because it's like we we talked about her at the show yeah. yesterday. Show at the event yesterday too, and she had nerve to be aghast at all the truth that was being thrown her way. I'm like, ain't, ain't but, nobody in here lied. But here's the thing: it's because of what I've learned in this process. Like beyond that, the second time, so after that first meeting, I became yeah. Joy's business coach. Joy came over to my office, and we were supposed to be working on her business. But mm-hmm. my part of my business, um, we have a warehouse for clothing for women in need. She walks in there, and she starts trying to fix that mess. <laughs> Sit your ass down! <laughs> we're not here for my mess. We're here for your mess. Timing out. What? This, this live is timing Why? out. Why? Oh, probably because it's been, it, they time out at 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. So, yeah. and I would just do it again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's fine. But no, she. So you yeah. gotta be that friend to be like, yo, we're not here for me. We're here for you. Yeah. And that's what I had to tell her. Like, sit your ass down. Because <laughs> all I knew in friendship was to work for the other Yeah, person. she came into the The meeting is for you. She comes into the building and I'm like, you know, I was this mess back here, whatever. And I'm like, I can help. <laughs> sit your ass down. <laughs> we gotta get you together. Right. And I'm like, yeah. but I'm fine. She's like, shut up. Look at me. <laughs> But those like so how how has it been? What are the words that you would most want somebody to say to you, or what what suggestions would you have when someone's in that space to be able to be a better person in I, those scenarios? I think you guys touched on a lot of it. Um, and Chant- like Chantel said, what do you need is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes just do you want to talk about it? Yeah, you know. And then if the answer is Hey. <laughs> right, let me sit you up straight. Me. Hey, you snatched up. I'm going back to live. <laughs> My bad. But I think and if the answer is yes and that person wants to talk about it, like you said, Joy, you have to be ready to receive that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, please just be mindful of what your response is back. Yeah. Sometimes a person just wants you to just be the ear. And mm-hmm. I, I hear you. That's I hear it. you. Don't yeah. tell me you understand because you probably don't. Yeah. You know, but I hear you. What can mm-hmm. I do and for I you? Damn like sure I said, what do you need? Yeah. Um, but a, a big one for me is do you want to talk about it? Because mm-hmm. for me, opening mm-hmm. up about it, I already feel like um, I don't want to hear it's okay. It's going to be all right. Try again. I don't want to hear none of that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I already feel kind of like I need to kind of hold that into my, for myself, on myself. But if you ask me, hey, do you want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. 
and I say yes, be ready to receive it. That's yeah. it, you know? Do you ever tell people, I want to talk about it, but are you sure you want to hear it? Hmm. Because sometimes you have to prime people and let them know, you know, there are days I want to talk about it. Yeah. And we'll, and people go, what's going on? How you feeling? And I just have to say, and I make, I force myself to say no. Hmm. Even though I really do want to talk about That's it. That's me. I'm more of a, I force yeah. myself yeah, to say no. Yeah, you force no. yourself to say no. Cause real, I was the like, real yeah, Beatrice has told me no a lot of times. Yeah, I can see it in her face. <laughs> <laughs> that people I, say, I, do you want to talk about it? I'm and she does. <laughs> but, you, but you say no because you don't think you're going to get back what you, what need. you need. Yeah. Yeah. You think you're, you know, girl, all in God's time. Because I'm going to tell you. I hope any of my friends are listening. Y'all tell me Mine if, if y'all tell me <laughs> if it's in God's Hello. plan one more time, we fit in the roll. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm coming. I'm coming too. I'm done. I'm just yeah. I'm, 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 tell the women to grieve that they gotta wait God's time. No. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Oh, <laughs> <is it? laughs> Not me. I'm Joy ready. Stop me. I mean, I'm just saying, just, you know, if I tell you, you know, our last round of in vitro failed, girls all in God's timing. Tell Shut that, the fuck up. Tell, but right. not just that. Run me back my eight G's I just spent on this round of in vitro. Yeah. Since it wasn't the time. Because God told us to move. Right. And so we moved. And just because we didn't get the results that we wanted does not mean it was not in God's time. Right. Like, y'all got to stop leaning on the word for everything. The very first uh, round of in vitro after we lost Jaden, I actually had a ex friend tell me ex-friend. that it nope. didn't. I heard that word ex friend. I'm just <laughs> no notice ex friend capital E X. Tell Bitch. me that. Yeah. The, me. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank Go you, my I don't like, Thank you. I don't even like Go ahead. Bitch. Thank you. I actually had a friend tell me that the reason y'all ain't ready for this shit. Oh shit. I will fight her. That the reason that the in vitro rounds were failing was because in it was scientific. It was not of God. That's not how children are created. Oh bitch. So where's she located? I'm I'm gonna tell y'all, y'all really gotta stop. Shut the fuck up. Me and God good here. (laughs) Damn, Joy. (laughs) Joy says she got you. Wait a minute. What the fuck is this? But like (laughs) just saying her name. Right. You know that I Needed, but that I need you to hands. consider just allowing it to happen naturally. Who you think I tried that? Right. Bitch, you think That's I, how we you think I gave VCU $16,000 because I just was like, no, nah, if I can do this, what I'm going to do? This, I'm going to do it this way. It, wor- it, won't, it works naturally, but I'm going to pay for it. And so. And then came into your inbox and said, this is what your problem is? Yeah. What's she at? What Present the bitch. Yeah. Skip forward. <laughs> Hold on. Let's Hold on. Hold on. What's your response? Yeah, I didn't what did you say? Like, I'm outside right now. Run up, bitch. That was, that was the beginning of 2017. I have yet to respond. She's still waiting on that response. I blocked that ass. Oh, I'm not oh, playing yeah. these games. Oh, what you sent her my way? <laughs> I got time. Put your hands back on Lailway. We got to fight I paid these bitches in full. We already paid off Kmart. We good. We Shut up. Shut up. Period. I'll be the ass with you. She still we paid off the everybody else's. And I bought them twice. That's where I'm at with this. Some some yeah. of this shit I ain't responding to. Yeah, no. I'm yeah. not. How do you respond to that? Right. How do you respond you, to that? And how do you fix your mouth to say it? So you your friend. To? This no, is I your friend we're talking really to. I think people really think that they are helping. Right. I think, I would like to think that m- most people are kind and good-hearted. But are they? I really, <clears throat> m- some. I think people okay. think they I are think helping. I think they really mm. think that they are try- helping you. Have you prayed about it, girl? Wow. wow. Really? 
Like, I said, me and God good. I think right. people think. I think some people really think they got the <sighs> the one way connection to God. Like you the only one. They, they oh. you ain't the only one with the number, sis. Right. right. Like I talk to him too. We talk about my situation. You what talk about you your about? shit. Right. What did you talk? About? Are you on the phone with God? Talk about my shit. Because you probably should. Cause I need to know why. Cause right. Use this your is... time wisely, right? Yeah. Like, hold <laughs> on. Clearly, you need it. <laughs> Shut up. Use your. <laughs> Use your time wisely. You know, yeah. drop up. <laughs> really though. I'm just saying. If you using all your time to talk to God about me and my situation, use your time more wisely. Because yeah. See, this is because you need it, right? <laughs> That's when I would be petty and call God on three way and be like, "So, <laughs> God, I heard." So I heard. <laughs> and God was like, "No, nah, she didn't say that." Oh, well, God <laughs> says you ain't say that. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the show is "Use Your Time More Wisely," bitch. <laughs> I just want everybody that's to know that. That's the episode right here. I'm just yeah. saying. I love having random. That's why we do our episodes the way they do with these random ass titles. So people be like, what the fuck is this? What is this? Never in my life did I hear that shit. Me. I'm just saying. And then it's like the episode about grief. What? <laughs> like the time here on earth? What? Um, <laughs> Well, bitch, that too. That too. That too. All of it. All of it. Both All of, of it. it. Use it wisely. Both of them. Sorry, because I'm going. You know, I'm a. I'm gonna drop your name in a prayer, but I'm not gonna use all my one-on-one time with yeah. God to talk about, talk about what me. you got going right. on. I'm gonna talk to God about what I got going on, so I can, you know, work this thing. Yeah, do my right. Stuff. But if you yeah. come to me and go, well, you know, God dropped in my spirit that maybe in Detroit is what you shouldn't be doing because you know it's not natural that th- you you took all that time with God for right. that. Mm. He ain't dropping in mine. Thank right. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I appreciate. I didn't get that. Not really. No, I didn't right. get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I get so it, I don't but. know. I mean, it's there have been hurtful conversations. Plenty, plenty of people don't know. Like, I'm gonna turn that to sender. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't have enough postage on Thank that. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't have enough postage on that message. So, nah, it's coming back. Don't add up, girl. I don't it's know. coming back, but <laughs> it's these stupid ass conversations that white women don't have. Mm. Let me be real mm. clear. White women's friends are not sliding in their inbox going, girl, you don't try and be troll. God said that, no, that ain't natural. Not. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. They like, yo, here go mine up the number yeah. nine and be troll right. doctor. Yep. That's what they're saying. So right. that's why it just looks so different. But no. I just I don't know. I don't know how to make people be better people. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> just be quiet. I mean, that's a word. That's, that's just a be word. quiet that is a about, way about things better. that you don't know about. Right. I appreciate every woman who slid into my inbox and said, Chantel, I never told anybody, but I also experienced the loss at 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. I also experienced the loss at seven, eight months. Um, here's what I did. Here's the doctors I went to. Here's how I was after. Those are the women I that's appreciate. That's how you help. Yeah. yeah, but the yeah. women who slid into my inbox to try to school me on... The Lord, right? Your when my choices. mama been sitting me in a church pew since infancy, just right. like your mama had, right. like, and then had the nerve be sitting here before five kids, mm. telling me what to do. But did you get? But did you get a version of or the Bible I that I didn't get? Right. I don't understand. Right? I don't understand what. Did like, I got direct line of God. Thank you. Thank you. So I got much. a direct line. Thank you. Direct. Right. And so See I this just number? This is number. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, Actually, you told me not to show you. I call him all three way. I'm sitting yes. on my bed twirling the cord. Mm. So anyway, <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> yes. 
anyway, yeah. God said yeah. that you want shit. You <laughs> 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 said it just like that. Right like that. Just like that. God wanted me to tell you that you ain't shit. <laughs> Thank and you, that's, Deacon. Yeah, that's, we, gotta, <laughs> we gotta remove those trash ass friends out of our circle yeah. Yeah. while we going through this process. And we don't even know they trash because they excellent friends up yeah. until that point, mm-hmm. right? You just show up like that. Hey. Like I said, I think that, and I think it's also an opportunity for education, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I really do think that people think that they are helping you yes. or that they're mm-hmm. offering you something that you need. I don't yeah. need that shit. I don't Keep it, you know. Right. But I think, like I said, it's an opportunity to to open up that space to say, "Listen, no, yeah. and don't mm-hmm. say this to nobody else. Don't, yeah. don't go back telling none of your other friends this because it doesn't work or help, you know." <laughs> but I think we have to be willing to say those things sometimes too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes total sense. Yeah, Rachel, you've been quiet with the girl. I've been writing you this shit down. <laughs> so he writing, you taking notes. <laughs> I'm taking notes <laughs> up here. Yes. <laughs> taking mental notes. Okay, and I'm gonna get a text and I later. Say this you want to talk? <laughs> What do you need? You don't get that every day. <laughs> yeah. I know. We know. We know you're gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> just, so, just so y'all are just, aware. Just so y'all know. Okay. Cool. But I mean, as a guy who I can't get pregnant, I can't bear children. So for me, it's like shut the fuck up and listen because yeah. I will never know exactly how you even are getting through this. Yeah. That shit is amazing for one. And we always say that men are stronger than women. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> My ass will be in the bed crying every damn day for the next seven years, yeah. if not more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just commend all of you because it's like, damn. And I've been knowing B for like three years. I would not have known. Yeah. I never yeah. knew. Yeah. yeah. And then normally B. And that those shows you ones. how silent yeah. and private this bitch yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Shelly knows. And I ask her, right? She knows. I ask her every day, how you doing? Ones. You good? Mm-hmm. You good? You look at her just yeah. like that. You know I do. <laughs> And she'll, yeah, I'm fine. All right, sis. I know this bitch line, but I ain't. I'm working on it. See, Bia is saying she's quiet and private. I think B ain't with the shits. Like, oh, oh no. you know that. Yeah, but see, I think so. So that's her. That's her. That's her warning to Don't y'all. Don't put me out there now. <laughs> <laughs> you see how the hot it turned? Yeah. Yeah. Did, you see, did you see him turn? He trying to block it. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you right now, B is not the one. Yeah. But people, want, people want to go. Oh, she's she's private. I don't want. No, she ain't with. She just don't like your ass. She ain't with your ass. I'm you right now. If you don't talk to you, she don't like you. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you all the time, girl, she just don't like you. Don't worry about it. But if I love you, I love. Don't worry about it. Okay. That's a Sagittarius. I don't. That fire energy. But Marshall, you said something about being a man, but what? But you do know fathers who have experienced loss, because that's another place. And we don't talk about that. That's another space where men do not talk. One, men don't talk about emotions, and two, so we're not going to talk about loss. Yeah. And we just like women, we have to say, well. I have to be strong for the family. Mm-hmm. Now I have to be strong for you because you actually went through the, the bodily process of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> I am tired of that damn phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, you cute. <laughs> but like you know, we don't have to physically go through those things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to say. That's why I don't say God. God mm-hmm. got this, or mm-hmm. you know, in due time, because it's like, who the fuck wants to hear that? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll ask you, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm quiet because mm-hmm. I want to know exactly what I need to do. And mm-hmm. I think as men, you say we don't want to fix things, mm-hmm. but like we need fixer. to like yeah. what? Okay, so something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So tell me what I need to do to fix this. Right. Right. Oh, you just want to vent? Talk to somebody else about that shit. Yeah. So, yeah. so and we have to take a step back. It's like, all right, well, I'm gonna listen because I want to know exactly 
this might be this might just be what you need. You need mm-hmm. me to listen to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And even with like other men, I think getting into the space of being comfortable to be vulnerable mm-hmm. to say, listen, mm-hmm. I lost my son or I lost my daughter, and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's it's just a lot. It's, that's yeah. another layer of mm-hmm. this this conversation that we just don't know what yeah, to do. This and this is. is very new territory for men to even speak up and say, "Y'all, what's up?" Because yeah. I'm dying over here. Yeah. She dying, and so yeah. am I. And yeah. I have to be strong for her. But who's right. gonna be strong for me at this yeah. point? Yeah. Yeah. You have to do it. Yeah. I mean, these all of these children, these children, my son, they all have fathers. Yeah. Like his grief is equal to mine. My, you know, my husband held my hand when I as I delivered our child, who we know he kept. So long short, we were at a Bon Secours hospital. Everybody in this area knows Bon Secours um, has all these yep. religious mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. all these Catholic things. So unless the mother <clears throat> is basically dying, mm-hmm. they're not going to induce her. Yeah. They'd already told us what the outcome was looking, so I'm begging to be induced yeah. at this point. And my husband is standing there like, I'm, we're waiting around for our son's execution, right? Wow. So this man, even though he didn't, if he didn't feel the contractions, he didn't push, he didn't do all those things. That's mm. his child, too. Yeah. yeah. And so what I also find is there is no safe space for him. Yeah. Nope. None. Yeah. It's None. like I said, it's, it's very uncharted territory because, like I said, men do not speak up. No. Even, even to family or friends, we don't speak. So imagine trying to go to a group of strangers saying this is how right. I feel. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's, e- it's a lot easier to talk to, fr- like, talk to strangers because like, I don't care how they think about mm-hmm. me. So I might talk to a stranger off the street like, yeah, I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. So I'm pouring my heart out. Mm-hmm. But to my best friend, no, I'm good. Right. Yeah, we good, yeah. bro. Don't even worry about it. We're going to shake it off. No, Chantel, how did your husband, I guess, not even get through it because I'm sure mm-hmm. you're still in it. But Same. Um, how did he respond, and I guess what was his the process like for him? So in the beginning, it was my my husband is a protector, mm-hmm. and he's a Scorpio too. So y'all know. Oh Lord, <laughs> yes Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Lord. Save you. He's a Scorpio too. So Shana his not. first mode, his first thing was defense. I'm gonna protect her. Nobody can touch her. Nobody can come around. You can't come in here. Like he policing people at the yeah. hospital door because I was in the hospital for several days yeah, after I had should. the baby to make sure the infection was gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it went to a place where he, and this is when I started to recognize, oh my gosh, he's grieving just like I am. Mm-hmm. He talked about our son constantly if he was there, mm-hmm. as if he were there. Um, so like we made a shadow box with his newborn pictures and his baby blanket and all that stuff. And when I went to hang it, like he had a whole fit about where to put it. He wanted it like behind the couch so it would look like Jaden was watching TV with him Aww. whenever he sat on the couch. And I'm like, oh, this is his grief presenting itself. But he, he had no one to talk to about yeah. it. And Joy and I were at an event yesterday, and I got to talk to Joni about this because she triggered something for me. I realized people did not acknowledge his grief yeah. because they did not see evidence of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they could see me yeah. pregnant. I was six months pregnant. And I, you could tell I yeah. was pregnant. And so people, when I, they saw me pregnant, and then I wasn't pregnant, but there was no baby. They saw evidence, right. physical, mm-hmm. visible evidence. So everyone acknowledged my grief. Right. How Chantel? Oh, how was Chantel? Is she okay? Is mm-hmm. she okay? No one ever said, is Jesse okay? Yeah. No one ever said we see okay because he wasn't physically pregnant, so they never physically saw it, and there was nothing visual for them to connect his grief to. Yeah. And, and then so, imagine them asking him, "How are you?" Oh, yeah. they did it all right. the time. Yeah. It, it still happens to this yeah. day. It still mm-hmm. happens to this day. Like, how's Chantel doing? It's like he's and he now he's, he's to the point. He's like, 
We are five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or we are having a hard time. Right. Or we are struggling. Right. He has to remind people like that is my child too. Right. That yeah. child is named after me. Like yeah. that's right. my son too. He looks just like him. Like yeah. Yeah. so you know you so he has to remind he has to constantly remind people that's my child too. He's still grieving. He still he talks about our son. He 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 visualizes, and that's how I let him grieve. So mm-hmm. some days it's hard for me when he's like, yeah, you know, like if the new Jordans come out, mm-hmm. damn. If jo- if Jaden was here, I would get him these Jordans mm-hmm. with this outfit. That's how he grieves, yeah. and I let him. Yeah. And if I catch somebody trying to stop him from doing that, all hell fit in the break loose. Yeah. Let that man grieve. If then he wants to think it. about how his almost three year old son would look in Jordans that just dropped, yeah. Let Let him do do that. Mm -hmm. That's his grief. That's his child. And another issue we have, my son has two, I mean, my husband has two children. He has a son and a daughter. Mm -hmm. So again, people see his two children and they're like, he has kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have two kids and he'll correct them in a minute. And I have three children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he had to train me on that. When we would go out and people go, do you have kids? I go, no. He go, we have three. He go, we have three. Yeah. He would answer before me because I didn't like saying, well, yes, I have a son. And then people go, oh, how old is he? Right. And I have to go, well, he's deceased. <laughs> and so yeah. he answers down for me. He's like, we have three. We have a 21-year-old, a 7-year-old, and um, a almost three-year-old who's in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's his answer. And so I let him, oh, wow. I, I, his grief is very verbal. Mm-hmm. He talks about him a lot as if he were here. Yeah. Whereas I talk a lot about my pain. He doesn't talk about his pain much, but that's when I see it present itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to do at this point. I'm yeah. researching, I've looked for spaces. But honestly, I can't get a black man to open up about oh, it. Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah I, can't <laughs> get, I can't find a black man that will open up about the loss of his child in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like. You just won't find it. So I don't, that's like where we are now with his grief. But that's why I was telling you, Montra, you can be a resource for a man. Ask him what he needs to. When you mm-hmm. know of a woman who has experienced a loss, do not segregate her husband or her partner or that child's father. That's their child too. Yeah. Like, Absolutely, ain't, nobody, yeah. ain't no immaculate conceptions around yeah, here. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, except for, except <laughs> for you. <laughs> you know. Except for you. There's no. There's no immaculate conceptions happening around here. So please, when you're acknowledging that woman's grief, ask about her mate, her partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's their child too. Yeah. So, but it sounds like you're, you are creating those That's spaces. Space for him. Yeah, I am yeah. creating those spaces. So um, on Jaden's birthday this year, June 13th, um, we are going to officially lost, launch this end of the rainbow and the Jaden James Foundation. Um, so this end of the rainbow will be like an infertility lifestyle blog to help women in this space, Good. especially women of color, to say, hey, this is what happened to me. What, how, how'd you go through this? How'd right. you deal with this? And create those safe spaces. That's great. Um, and then the foundation in our son's honor is going to be, and people always look at me like, it's going to be to help women who do not bring their children home from the hospital mm-hmm. to cover those financial bills. Mm-hmm. Jaden is almost three years old. I'm still paying labor and delivery bills. Wow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's outlandish. It's fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry about, I don't know, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of the insurance industry, but I do know that if I go into a hospital and deliver a baby right. or miscarry or whatever happens, some, there should be some reprieve yeah. right. here. Yeah. Right. You know, I, just wipe, just wipe it clean. Mm-hmm. Just wipe it and clean. And this is not, you know, pro-life, whatever, pro-choice. This is not that type of debate. 
But if I, I can walk into a hospital and have an abortion and not pay nothing, okay. but if I walk in by Let's choice, say that again. I can walk into a hospital by choice, have an abortion, my insurance will cover it. But if I walk into a hospital because I'm having cramps and it turns out I'm in labor mm -hmm. and my child does not leave that facility with me, I am paying ten to fifteen thousand dollars on labor and delivery, and my bills were quadrupled yeah. because I went into the emergency room. So mm -hmm. you have the emergency room mm -hmm. bill. Yep. Then I had labor and delivery. Mm -hmm. So you have that then bill. Then you had to yeah. stay. Then I had to stay had to because stay. I was sick. So I have that bill. Yep. It's taken us all these three things. years. And yeah. then, do you know how it feels to walk? It, if I'm having a good ass day and to get, get that, that bill? bill, to get that damn bill, open mm -hmm. it up, and the date of service is June 13th, mm -hmm. 2016, my son's birthday. Yeah. And it was a Gemini. Damn. Yeah. His, you had a girl. I love my it. Stepson is, my stepson is a yes, Gemini. Yes, I am. And my brother is a Gemini. And, and I aren't you okay blessed? And my trail is a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> aren't you blessed? How blessed <laughs> are you? I'm extremely. I'm extremely blessed in the Lord's name. <laughs> Me and the so, Lord had a conversation yeah. today. Right. Said, he told me go on deal with him. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all just oh, fire some special. Yes, they are. Some special. I love you though. So which Montrell are we talking to today? First of all, I don't come for me. <laughs> I'm just. I think she's just, just asked the whole you got to say. That's it. I just asked the question. Because he would come out the bag and he would just sit up. <laughs> what was that? That's your answer. <laughs> Just depends see, on what you got. That's you got it. damn Gemini. <laughs> we oh, have a side for every occasion. <laughs> she, did, she did a whole post about Virgos, too, so I understand. You know what? I agree. Like, I Whatever you said about the Virgo, I agree. Yeah. Girl, I don't know how y'all do it. I don't know how y'all made this shit up. And that's a goddamn problem. Problem. Because I'm a because I'm a all emotional Virgo. asses. Uh, is that what it is? I'm a September Virgo. Them August ones, those be the ones. Oh, try them August ones. <laughs> I'm a September Virgo. <laughs> and I'm a September Virgo with the Scorpio rising and a Sagittarius moon. See, and I'm Scorpio really? rising yeah. and Pisces moon. I have to look at my birth chart. It's on my phone. Right. I'm a Gemini. If you sit up here like, I'm a thug. Shut up, shit. I'm a G. Ashy wipe the tears. I'm a G. I'm a thug. That's right. But I'm a G, though. Real thugs don't cry. I'm over there in the corner. Shut up, Joy. This whole table could be a meme right now. For real. This whole table could be a meme. Hashtag. All of it. So, um, I, I am very, we talked about it, like I briefly talked about it yesterday at the event about getting in touch with my ancestors and staying in touch with them and starting the process of being very intentional on speaking with them and um, as I continue to learn more stuff about my ancestral line. Mm -hmm. So, in those spaces and in a, in a lot of those, when children that we may have lost here on earth, mm -hmm. take that ancestral role. Do you ever feel your children watching over you while you're here? And for B, I'm gonna add, I believe, all of the people you've lost so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think more so like my grandmother, um, just in the things that I may see or hear, 
there's those little things that kind of remind me of her presence. Mm -hmm. um, I think in that regard, I do. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that I've experienced that so much as with the losses of my children, though. Okay. So I experience it all the time. Like for the first couple of months after I had Jaden, I used to have phantom kicks. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what that is. That basically means you can still feel the kicking, yeah. even though the baby's no longer there. Yeah. Um, so I used to have the phantom kicks whenever I was having a real bad day. And I think that's just to remind me I was there, I matter, mm. I'm still here, mom, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then I started to feel the disconnect. And, and like I told you, I lost my father like 14 months before I lost Jaden. And I had a medium who's on my friend list and she inboxed me, ran. We don't talk on a regular basis. Um, I don't think I even told her the entire story of, um, you know, having Jaden. And I definitely hadn't told her about the loss of my father. Mm. And she messaged me one day and she's like, hey, I received a message. Is it okay if I share it with you? I'm like, sure. And she's like, um, Jaden wants me to let you know. This was like, oh my gosh, I think Jaden had just, was just about to turn two. It was almost before his second birthday. So last summer. Yeah, I remember this. She said, you remember I, I yeah, posted I about it. Yeah. And she messaged me and she said, Jaden wants me to let you know he's a big boy now. Mm -hmm. And he enjoys playing with the big uh, colored balls. You know, like when you walk in Kmart, them big bins mm -hmm. with yep. the multicolored balls. Mm -hmm. He likes playing with those big multicolored balls. She said, and there's a man with him kicking the ball back and forth with him and dancing. Do you know a man that loves to dance? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I call my daddy Marvin Gaye. Give me <laughs> My daddy loved to drink and dance. That's his thing. <laughs> so when she was like, when she was like this, this old, she's like, he's older. She said, but he's not old. And my yeah. father... Um, had lung cancer, so he died very young. Yeah. And she's like, he's older, but he's not old, but he liked to dance, and he's kicking the ba ball back and forth with Jaden. Like, what more do you need to know yeah. that your yeah. ancestors are watching over you? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, in that turn, I started listening more. Yeah. And so, now I have another... Did y'all ever interview Cara Presley? I could have Yes. Sworn. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Cara has a gift, even if she don't acknowledge it. Yeah, Cara, I just acknowledge your gift for you. <laughs> <laughs> she has a gift that she doesn't know. So, my classroom on BCU's campus is two blocks from the cemetery where Jaden is buried. So, mm -hmm. a lot of times when I'm in class and it's just a shitty day and these kids getting on my nerves, I'm like, I'm going to go sit with my son for a little while. Yeah. And like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, I should go over there. But it's cold. I was making up excuses in my head. And honestly, I think it's because I didn't want to feel yeah. that day. Because when I go, I'm going to cry. I'm yeah. going to sob. I'm going to yeah. sit there and talk to him. It's a lot. I, yeah. The lady who was buried next to him, I always yell at her to make sure she watched my baby. You better watch my baby. That's why I say, <laughs> I Come leave, back here, right? baby. Same. And so Cara texts me, and I don't check my phone during class. But as soon as I'm walking out of class, she said, hey, um, I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but I'm being obedient. Jaden wants me to say, hey, mom, I see you. Mm. So that told me, he was telling me, come see me. You yeah. need to come see me so mm. you can process whatever is going on in your mm. mind. Yeah. And so I left class, went and saw him, had a great week. Because mm. I went and let go, even though I was trying to talk myself out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, do I think that they are watching over us? Absolutely. My father and I, our relationship didn't get really close until he was almost at the end. So to know he's watching over my son, yeah. oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he, my son is with him. He ain't, my son ain't just floating in the sky somewhere. He's yeah. with my father. He's playing with him. He's teaching him things that boys are supposed to do, mm -hmm. you know, on the other side of this world. 
So yeah, absolutely they're there, but we gotta kinda open our ears and our eyes and be open to messages like from yeah. you know, the medium yeah. who contacted me or from Cara. You know, I had to be open to hearing those messages because they ain't gonna always come to you. Right. Mm -hmm. They're gonna come through people. Come through mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. And so yep. yeah, if you listen if you open your eyes and your ears, you'll you'll see they're always there. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. That makes me so happy. Put and fix your lip. <laughs> If my trail is speechless, then... <laughs> Listen, I think this is the first time I don't have a lot to say. Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, shit. I gotta come back, because I was told we was going to cut the fuck up. So... <laughs> I got me. Listen, I was getting a tissue of a beer. I was like, shit, I might need one for my fucking self. Hold up. Hey, y'all know I don't cry. Like, what the fuck is this? Never saw you cry. Shit, I got my face. Jesus. What? Call me. Are you okay, bitch? Man up. All right. together. But um, I do have a question from um, a viewer that was listening to us, and this is back when you were talking about your cyst on your ovaries, and she asked that mm -hmm. could it be from stress? No. So we've actually, um, there's no medical research that supports it. It's actually a hormonal disorder. Okay. Um, and it, and this is something I just, this is a totally off topic, but in relation to that, is that young women, especially women of color, start to see these cysts form on their ovaries very young. Mm -hmm. I'm talking seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Wow. And in our community, yep. we tend to go, oh, she maturing fast. When yep. you see nine-year-old girls with hair on their legs, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. That's hormonal. Well, so now mm -hmm. came out so, with hair on her legs. She came out. But see yeah. what I'm saying? But it's hormonal. Have yeah. you had her hormones checked? Not yet. You need to I have her hormones checked. I never thought checked. about it. So that's a great they, idea. It's hormonal. When you see a nine-year-old girl or eight-year-old girl start her period at that age, yeah. that's, it's a hormonal imbalance. Yeah. It's not normal. Not this normal. is not, you know, this is that's science. Yeah. There, there are certain cycles that women are supposed to go through. So when yeah. your six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old has hair on their legs and hair on their arms and hair on their face and things like that, go get their hormones tested because this imbalance in hormones causes these cysts to grow mm -hmm. in your ovaries and then mm -hmm. it slowly mm -hmm. stops the production of what needs to happen in the ovaries. It does, what, basically what it causes, it mm -hmm. stops the ovaries from releasing eggs. Wow. Releasing eggs is not just about getting pregnant. Right. Your menstrual cycle, you release the egg, it goes unfertilized, yep. it goes, oh, we weren't fertilized, right. let's get up out of here. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, when it doesn't release the egg, it doesn't trigger that reaction. So mm -hmm. then your daughter doesn't have regular periods. Mm -hmm. When I was, oh, 12, 13, I started my period when I was 10. Mm -hmm. By the time I was 12, 13, 16, when my period didn't come for six, seven, eight months at a time, girl, what? You was happy. I was happy as hell. <laughs> I could go to the pool all summer. I can go to the pool all summer long. Because yeah, yeah. when my cousin and them are having their cycle, and like, yeah. you know, now as an adult, I have to revert back to those things because, you know, I have cousins who have multiple children. But guess what? In the summers where yeah. I was running my ass to the pool every day because I won't come in on my period, they mm -hmm. were having their cycles and yeah. their body was doing what it was supposed to be mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. So if your daughters are in their teens and their periods are only coming once a quarter or once mm -hmm. a year, have oh, her wow. check. We're so pressed in the black community. We're so pressed to go, long as she ain't getting pregnant. Yeah. 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 
long yeah. as she ain't getting pregnant, yeah. you don't care that her damn cycle's irregular. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna tell you, when I go see my fertility spot, I see women, I see white women in there with their daughters in their early teens. Wow. She ain't trying to get her pregnant. He's right. a, well, he's not a I call him fertility doctor. He's a reproductive specialist. Wow. So they're not trying to get her pregnant. Yeah. They're trying to make sure that when she is 30 and wants to get pregnant, yeah. she can. She can. Exactly. So when she's 15, 16, and her cycle's irregular, yeah. take her to see a doctor. If she's 10 and got hair on her legs and mm-hmm. hair on her arms, she ain't just hairy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what we as black women, she, girl, she's so hairy. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where I went. Mm-hmm. I went that. She's educational, though. Yeah, my, yeah. You, yeah people I'm are sitting down. writing it down. Yeah. I didn't even know. So I like, well, like, I'm passing this information so along, I too. So I had hair on her arms, hair on her legs. Homegirl came out with... And, like, and women are eyebrows on fleek. Yeah, and girls and were like, born with that, but usually it will shed. It will shift. Yeah. And it, if it's not shedding yeah. and it's getting thicker, especially yeah. if it's getting thick and coarse, hmm. that's hormonal that's hair. Hormonal. That's hormonal hair. So you need to go get this child. I wonder what that comes oh. from now. It's, I mean, yeah. So it's sometimes. So and this is just research. I'm a big I've believer done. in environmental racism, but continue. No, I'm, that's what I'm about to oh, okay. no, tell you. No, we talked oh, about yes. it yesterday. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were at an event yesterday, mm-hmm. and one of the speakers had broken down into hives on her arms, and we were like, "What the hell, you ate?" Yeah. She She's said, so "Chicken, right?" What does the first thing the black woman in the room say? Oh my God, girl, you can't eat chicken. <laughs> hey, fuck that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bitch in a row. Oh my God, girl, you can't eat chicken. <laughs> Call like we, Al. We, Call circled, look, we, we circled around her and was like, you did what? You eating chicken? You eat chicken. <laughs> so like, oh, she, was like, she was like, well, all I ate was Chipotle and KFC. I said, oh, so your ass went looking for norovirus. You want to look for that chicken? You want to look for that chicken? Ain't no damn chicken, chicken Gina. Damn chicken. <laughs> So it, 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 it's absolutely, it's absolutely environmental racism. Yeah, the, yeah. Do white women experience? Yes. It, but you will see it mostly in low-income white women. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're eating that same bullshit. We eat in we the same are. community. Yep. So what yep. you find is, you know, if during your whole pregnancy, mm-hmm. you're eating McDonald's and mm-hmm. Burger King and, you know, all that bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Where, who you think ingesting that? Yeah. That baby is ingesting, not just ingesting the Big Mac. Yeah. She's ingesting the breakdown the of shit, shit. Yeah. that is in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately for our little girls and in our boys, it presents as ADHD, oppositional no. defiant disorder. Well, we have a, um, we have a clinician oh, beside no. you. Oh, so we so. started like, on our little oh, boys. It's my time. Wait a minute. We have a whole clinician. I've, I've worked in the mental health. I worked in the mental health field for several years. I was an HR director for a residential facility. I owned an intensive in home, and I didn't I actually didn't even get out of the business until I lost Jaden because my yeah. mind couldn't mm-hmm. manage it anymore. Yeah. So absolutely, in our boys, it's presenting as ADHD yes. and all this shit. In our girls, it's even girls. Yeah. And Even girls, too, girls, but boys don't have the hormones that girls have, right. yeah. so it's presenting as hormonal imbalances in our girls. Mm-hmm. So they are having their periods earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. They are they have PCOS and they have endometriosis mm-hmm. and they have all mm-hmm. these things. Not because of what they're doing now, it's because of what they ingested what in the womb. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I so. never, I never put two and two together because my mom did not believe I had endometriosis until I was on the operating table. See. Oh, wow. And I was telling her for months, like something, I had, I started my period when I was 12. By the time 14 came along, mm-hmm. I was incapacitated. When you came on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it was, not even 14, 13, mm-hmm. like a year, because like, I used wow. to get like just back aches. Mm-hmm. I just, mm, 
And I was a kid that was always outside running around, was always getting hurt. So pain didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, well, my back hurts. Okay, cool, whatever. Time for recess. And once I hit eighth grade, mm-hmm. and I had to be almost wheeled oh, out of goodness. school, and I had to call my mom and go, come get me because I can't move. She didn't believe me because she went, well, I don't have it. And my doctor had to tell her that reproductive issues, especially in black women, mm-hmm. travel yeah. through the lineage. Yeah. So my grandmother had cysts. My mom had fibroids. Mm-hmm. I ended up with endometriosis. Mm-hmm. And I have to, you know, even, and you telling it's, me about yeah, that. It's hereditary, but I it presents differently. It, it yeah. presents so if differently. You have, if you had endometriosis, you have endometriosis, she's probably, she's more prone to have it. So exactly. my mom had fibroids. Yep. And so, Same as mom. But in, mm-hmm. but in black families, these women still had children. Yes. So you were fine. You were fine. You were normal. Right. Yeah. You just had bad periods. Yeah. And so like, Which was, re- it's not normal. It's not oh my normal, gosh. Right. I remember being in my like teens and twenties and my mom going, yeah, I don't think Chantel's going to be able to have kids. She said that for years. What? Not, not, blase about because it. I just, because she knew my cycles weren't regular and I had all this hair growing yeah, everywhere. But, so, did nothing about but it. she did nothing right. about it. To do so, something about it. Because, right. because, like I just said, right. in black families, as long yeah. as she ain't 15 right. and she pregnant, pregnant right. as long it's as fine. she ain't 15 and pregnant, she all right. Like she debilitated and yeah, but now in, in, in my angle, but right. she's yeah. fine. It'll be all right. And yeah. see, my problem was it was never any pain. I never mm-hmm. had, I had really long pain. When I did finally have one, because I ain't had one in two years. Right. right. Yeah. I would, I would be on for like, a month. Right. And I was like, oh, she just, these long periods. Yeah. So it's, you, we have to educate ourselves. We got to yeah. save our girls because here's the thing. Humanity begins and ends with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we keep having generations of girls who have fertility issues, eventually what's going to happen? We done. Yeah. And if we're black women, that's dangerous. Right? They keep talking. Children of God. Look at the movie. Who was the only one that can get pregnant? A black woman. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. Because it, humanity begins and ends with us. With so us. now, so like, that's why we, like, we told Mimi yesterday, man, fuck that Chipotle. Like, ain't no was, damn chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were terrible. No, wait, wait, wait. Because I kept asking her. I'm the like, only reason why Bea is laughing is she's a vegan. So it's like, sis, you can. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. I'm transition. Um, so like, I so like not eat, to not eat McDonald's. <laughs> So I would come over here. I think there's a message in that though. I, like, like you said, Chantel. Even I mean, what we're feeding our, our children yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. But even what we're, like you said, what we're taking mm-hmm. in and passing that along to our children. Yeah. But yeah. even once they're here, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna get into my whole vegan spell. I'm not gonna dump that on you. Yes, I mean, but, I was vegan for, <laughs> for, for eleven months, so I get it. You know. <laughs> I was but did you days did you notice changes in anything about yourself? Your mood. Yeah. Your, you know, yeah. all of that. You know, it affects everything literally everything. Yeah. Um, so I think, like Chantel was saying, um, not only when you're, you're pregnant and you're carrying your children, but also, um, you know, when they're here and mm-hmm. what you're feeding them now. Um, mm-hmm. Because even if you're, you're pregnant and let's say your child has ADHD, mm-hmm. I mean, you, just their diet alone can improve some yes. of those things. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like I said, I'm not going to get into my whole spiel. Go but ahead. Yes, seriously. No, please. No, please. Do your own research. Yeah. But it can, you know. It can seriously change those things. And my son, I have a son. Mm-hmm. Um, he's eight. and um, Smart as hell. Yeah, he's very, 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 very bright, gifted yeah. child. Has skipped a grade. Uh, you know, wow. like he's very gifted. Yeah. Um, and I'm pr- and probably reading on like a fifth, sixth grade level in third grade, okay? okay? Nice. But um, 
the one issue we had in school when he was young was that he had a hard time focusing. He had a hard time concentrating. And he had one child in his class whose parent put her, him on medication in second grade. In second grade. Wow. And so the teacher said to me, well, have you considered this? I said, so what you trying to <laughs> Because... <laughs> That's right. She did the black mama fuck. I had to go to the edge of my seat, okay? But she, this was a black teacher. Of course it was. You know? Um, and let me also say this. My son is in private school, so I pay y'all a lot of money. So anyway, I won't say what school. But, um, you know, she asked me had I considered this, 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 and this. And I said, well, are you trying to say he has ADHD? Right. Okay, because I work in this field. I have a degree in counseling. And um, they probably won't expect me. You know, Period. and she won't expect that. Right. Well, I'm not Period. saying that. Well, what are you saying then? Because right. I need you to be very clear. But I, and, and we ended up changing his diet around. He also had a lot of medical issues and things like that. My child, you may know, you know, hospitalized, several surgeries, whatever. Yeah. But um, we ended up changing his diet. He's also, he was my reason for transitioning to being vegan. Um, and I mean a, a drastic change, drastic, yeah, yeah. you know. So to the parents, like I said, not only when you're pregnant, I think when we're pregnant, we're trying to eat right, drink a lot of water, you know, but then it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, but also, like I said, what, what you feed your children now yeah. as well, too. Absolutely. And I see, I wish somebody would have came around when I was pregnant with Sanaa and told me that. Because yeah. I, I lost all my appetite. I didn't have, like, my ex-husband mm -hmm. had the sympathy mm -hmm. cravings. It was eating everything. Mm -hmm. I had, um, I was always sick, mm -hmm. and I didn't have the capacity to eat anything. So I was literally like sustaining yeah. off of Waffle House and whatever smoothies I was too. and grits and all that. Like that's I all too. I wanted. She I talking about Chipotle? And she eating Waffle House? <laughs> Waffle House is fire. I Waffle House. Is I, can't <laughs> eat. I can't eat. I cannot eat no Waffle House. Waffle House is fire. I'm coming even back from Waffle House. So it's like I might go to Waffle House when I leave here. <laughs> Don't do no judgments. <laughs> but I wish somebody would have told me that because the doctor scared me. Because mm -hmm. I, I wasn't losing weight. I was just kind of like... Maintaining. Maintaining. Yeah. Just kind of... Mm -hmm. And I didn't have an appetite for much. He scared me and said, black southern doctor, black southern male doctor, yeah. saying, well, you need to gain weight to be able to have this baby because she's smaller than you. And I went... I'm not thinking about that. I'm like, well... I think I was like seven pounds or so when I was born. My ex-husband was like six. So I'm like, she's just going to be small like how we were. And so I wasn't thinking about it. And I had, I wasn't vegetarian or anything back then. I was still, I, don't, I really was not a pork person, but I was still eating chicken and beef and mm -hmm. all those mm -hmm. things. And, but I didn't have an appetite for it. Like everything that I had an appetite for before I got pregnant just dropped out of me. I was like, I can't eat. And I was always sick. Mm -hmm. And so this doctor was like, well, you need to get some soul food, you need to get some mac and cheese, you need to get some chicken, you it's need to get some stuff, grease, you need to get this. And he's telling me this, and I'm like, I don't want any of that. One, I've never been a, a fan of, like, fried foods. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never liked fried yeah. chicken mm -hmm. and fried any. And the closest thing I would get is, like, french fries. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I've just never been a fan. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you're telling me I have to do this and scaring me into doing it by saying that if I don't do it, something's going to happen to my child. Mm -hmm. Homegirl came out, eight, nine, chilling, made out, made one cry, then fell asleep. Meanwhile. <laughs> that is so her personality. That is so her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what she did. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here with the emergency C-section. That, in that space of, do not know how close I was to death. Because I'm chilling. I'm just like, all right, well. Everybody at the hospital, they're like, hey, baby. Oh, look at the baby. I'm. Just sitting there watching everybody, and the nurse came in and said, are you okay? 
And I went, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, okay. And left, came back and was like, so just as a precaution, we're going to give you a blood transfusion. And I'm like, for what? (laughs) She's like, and then my actual OB came in. He's like, you're losing a lot of blood. And I'm like, where? (laughs) What are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, you're losing, you're losing a lot of blood. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. One, first transfusion went horribly wrong. Oh, no. So much so that the, once the blood hit me, I immediately got sick. They went, oh, sorry, took it out. Was it the wrong type? I guess, because they were like, oh. Was Aren't they no. supposed to give you either your type of old neck? Right. Because that's what we do. Right. Oh, But no. I didn't know. No medical degree. I didn't know any of that. Only Grey's Anatomy. Right. I didn't know any of that. I know that. that. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in the bed right. watching this blood, because I've always been averse to needles because you see how small mm-hmm. all this right mm-hmm. here is. So I've always been averse to it. I'm watching this. Hit my blood stream, immediately get sick. And they went, their exact words to me, oh, we gave you a bad bag. They said that out loud. Uh, out loud. Where's my lawsuit? To me, as and I'm, like somebody record this. Somebody record, and I'm so out of it. Yeah. And I'm like, I I wish, I, I get I get afraid to tell people my birth story when they ask me because I'm like, you, you don't want to scare people. Want to scare people? Yeah. No, like, I'm about to. I want to scare people now. That Education is sense. so important, and, but it's truth is scary. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I've heard women losing blood after birth, but it's like. Who in that hospital room was mm. your advocate? Yeah. Yeah. Who had the damn checklist to say, this is how this is supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah. If it ain't going like this, we stopping it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing happened with me. Like I labored for 54 hours without an IV in me. What? I should have been, yeah, what? not even a saline drip. Oh, my God. Because they couldn't, because I got the same issue. Yeah. They couldn't find a vein. And so the doctor basically was like, unless she begs for it, stop sticking her. Because they had stuck me so many times and they used this topical to try to find something. Yeah. My arms had broke they out had of hives. Right. So I'm like, oh I'm already in labor. Don't right. make me more miserable. Yeah. So I labored and delivered without an IV. They did not get the IV in me until after I delivered. And that it was because now that I had delivered, they had to, get, they had to treat me for the infection. Antibiotics, wow. yeah. Nobody told me that I should have requested a DNC before I left the hospital. I walked around with the placental stump in me for seven months. What? The placental stump attached to a sac that was completely infected. Oh Remember, God. I asked y'all yesterday, oh what color is amniotic fluid? Yeah. It's clear. Yeah. yeah. My amniotic fluid was neon yellow. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That's how much infection was present. So they finally got Ooh. me hooked up to the IV. I stayed on like three bags of antibiotics for three days. They kept oh. me until... I've cycled through those bags, but there won't a goddamn advocate in that room. There was nobody in the room except for me and my husband and the doctors. Mm-hmm. No one was there to educate, for, to educate yeah. me. Yeah. I want to no, fight. No one yeah. told you that you needed an advocate. No right. one said, no one said, okay, when the doctor came in and was like, okay, we're finally going to break your water after we've been begging to have my water broke for like 40 hours. Right. We're finally going to break your water because we can see the infection and the sack had came all the way out. So now it's time to push, but the sack ain't broke. So... Who somebody should have walked in that room with the damn checklist to say Did this happen? Did right. this happen? Did yeah. this happen? Right. This happen? Wait, don't break her water until y'all get an IV in. Right. She shouldn't be I was so dehydrated, literally. I'm pushing my husband is like holding my legs and putting ice around my lips at the same time. Yeah. Because I've been laying in this hospital bed for two and a half days. Mm-hmm. Like where is the damn right. advocacy? Where's the advocacy? Where's the advocacy? Who? Somebody should have said, when the bag comes in for the transfusion, we checking these things on the day. What the fuck? 
fuck is a bad bag of blood? Why is it here? Right. Why is it, why is right. it here? Why right. is it in this hospital? Right. Where and I that? was so out of it that I didn't you know. You don't know. I don't know right. what to say to that. And I'm, I'm already in postpartum depression. Yep. Because of my super traumatic um, delivery. delivery. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm already there where I'm already like, I don't even want to see this child because she chilling. Yeah. She just. And I'm in pain. Hey, y'all. Yeah, you, know, you on cute. death door. Like, <laughs> and I'm right there like, I'm right about to die. Yeah, That's why right. I understood what Serena was saying. Yeah. And I wish I, under, I wish I knew how to advocate for myself. My mom didn't do it. She was in the room. My mom made sure to be as far away from me as she possibly could. Mm. My mom and I don't get along. Mm-hmm. And she just was like, mm. same way she did with, with the um, endometriosis surgery. Yeah. Just, okay. That was it. So I had no advocate. My ex-husband had New, new shit about fuck. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that. Next topic. <laughs> yeah, he knew nothing, and then my aunt was there, but she's still kind of like hands on, hands off too. So I'm kind of trying to advocate for myself as best as I know how, mm-hmm. but it's not working. So I'm just like, and then I don't know. I'm you can't so advocate for yourself and be the person. You can't be the person. Right. You can't be the person. No and advocate and for advocate yourself. For yourself at the same impossible. time. Right. So I had no idea. That's the pro- there's no advocacy, mm. and that's and here's the thing: it ain't. It's not even a money thing. Nope. I clearly believe it's a race thing, and Serena proved that. Yep. This woman could buy the damn hospital and still had to be like, "Yo, I'm dying. Somebody right. do something." Yeah. You mean to tell me ain't not a damn doctor in there? Realize so we need that to start petitioning the insurance companies and mm-hmm. in, in hospitals to yep. get advocacy groups. Yes. These hospitals doing there birth. needs to yeah. be. That advocacy. will be our next project. Okay. <laughs> so as we as we wrap up this episode, um, what are what are some some tools that you would want our audience to take away from when it comes to when it comes to advocacy mm-hmm. for infant loss, the mothers, the fathers, um, infertility, dealing with grief. Any one of those that you would like to touch on, what are some things that you would want to leave with our people? Um, B has been like, I'm hanging out. You don't get that camera out my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> my trailer here being paparazzi. <laughs> I got you. That's I it. Know. I got the good angle too. I know you do. I can tell by how you leaned in at your box. So, no, I honestly, we touched on it. Like, watch your words. When you know that a woman or parents have experienced a loss, definitely watch your words. As far as advocacy, you have to share your story. You, you didn't go through this thing to be punished. You yeah. went through this thing because you need to be there for someone else. You need to share this story. So, like, what I tell people, open your damn mouth. Like, what are you gaining by not sharing right. what has happened to you. Do you have to share it with the world? No. But there's going to come a time and a place where you need to step up and be there for someone, even if you don't know them. Um, the very first woman that supported me, I mean, literally the week after I got out of the hospital, was a friend of a friend. We never even met in person. Mm. My friend reached out to her, knew that this woman had went through the exact same thing, connected us. Like, we are the best of friends now. She's my wow. health coach. So she li- literally, our stories are so eerily similar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Almost the only difference is that she gave birth to a girl and I gave birth to a boy. Yeah. And so, but had she not shared that with someone who could say, I know someone's going through this. Will you support her? And she just say yes and mm-hmm. answer that call. Like, answer the damn call to be there for somebody. You ain't got to share it with the world. You ain't got to write it in the sky. 
but please step up and be there for someone if you have experienced something traumatic or this type, especially this type of loss because mm -hmm. it's rare. Yep. People, they say, oh, it happens, you know, 26,000 times a year. Well, 26,000 times a year in the grand many. scheme of things, it's too many, it's but it's many. not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's so far, it's just, an, it's just enough that it's too many, but it's not so many that it's the norm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's rare in our circles. In my close-knit circle of friends, I'm the only one that's experienced this. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So someone from another circle has to be willing to penetrate my circle to say, I will be here for you mm -hmm. if you allow me to. Yeah. And like Naquita said yesterday at the end of her thing, like be open to loving people, but also be open to being loved. Yeah. Like I can't be like, I don't know you like that. I ain't telling you my business. Like yeah. I got to be open to someone supporting me in this space because the people I do love and I knew though and I do trust just ain't experienced it, so they can't give me that support. Yeah. So I have to be open to getting it from someone else. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, just to piggyback off of you, Chantel, um, for me... I really hope y'all become friends. We, we will. Have to. <laughs> Same. We'll have Same. to. Same. Same. It's already been decided. Um, <laughs> even if she ain't want to. <laughs> When we agreed that we need an air for our thighs, I was like, yes. that's my sister. I said, this is right my leg over here. <laughs> my my trainer is like, what's up in here? Like, can we get, can the thighs get some air? It's like, yeah, this is my sister right here. Okay, we do that. Yes. Um, but I yeah. love black women. <laughs> love us so much yes. um i wanted to piggyback off with something that you had said chantel i know for you you had mentioned that um you know a lot of the people in your circle hadn't experienced mm -hmm. you know that's that kind of loss for me me opening up to the people that i have opened up to you realize everyone yes yeah. <laughs> and it broke my heart mm -hmm. because i was just like well, damn, Why you know you was going through me? yeah you know and so you know in saying that i just want to say that like you said, we just have to be willing to allow someone to love on us. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, we're not the first person to experience it. Mm -hmm. Someone has gone through it. Yeah. And although your stories may be different, they may be able to just give you something that, a piece of their story that mm -hmm. you take away yeah. that you can utilize for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, my question to my friends that have experienced this was always, how did you get through it? Or how are you so happy, you know, right yeah. now, because I wasn't fucking happy. I was yeah. miserable. And, and in some, and some days I still am, mm. you know? Um, so that was one of the questions that I had, but I think if you don't even get to the point where you're opening up and willing to share yeah. it, yeah. you can't take any steps in your healing journey, you know? Yeah. And something, sometimes you can't do everything by yourself. That's yeah. the one thing that I'm learning in, in my journey, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I'm so used to being so strong, so used to, you know, and I almost took pride in that. And it's okay to be mm -hmm. strong, but it's also okay not to be. Yeah. Yes. And who is strong all of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to, sure. that's one thing I know that I'm going to take away and work on for myself. But I just want people to understand and know that um, it's okay not to be that strong, the strong person all the time. Yeah. It's okay. And it's okay to have those people that, you know, you're comfortable enough with to share your story with, you know? Yeah. And if you're the friend, just listen and don't say yeah. nothing. <laughs> Note it. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. My friends. <laughs> don't say nothing. Don't say shit. Okay? Don't, it's you know? okay not to say I mean, shit, I have sis. I really okay. good friends, though. I have friends that are like, I'm going to come and wash your laundry. I'm going to come. Oh, bless. Yes. I'm coming to get your son. You know, because even 
seeing him, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's hard. Yeah. You know, that's gonna be a whole other topic. But you know, <laughs> I love my friends, and yeah. if you're that, if you're a friend and someone is venting to you, sometimes they just need an ear. Sometimes yeah. they just need your body. And, yeah. not, and no words. You yeah. Know? You don't need to be the fixer. Yeah. Like I tell you all the joy. time. You ain't no damn car. I love joy. So How could you not love joy? But, she, but you ain't got to fix everything. Do not let me do not let me stand up. Get your ass a joy, but not mine, bitch. (laughs) Well, shit. On that note, um, (laughs) but where can people find you, your work, um, your social medias, all that good jazz? Um, I am on Instagram. Um, I am also on Facebook. My name is Beatrice McCarroll. You can find me on there. I also breed Yorkies, so just to oh. my business. She does. And I do a and whole job. Oh. It's Precious Pups of Central VA, also oh, on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, okay. Get you one. I am on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Chantel Chambliss. Chantel with the S, Chambliss with a C. Um, you can also find my business, Nonprofitability and Dress for Success Central Virginia on Facebook and Instagram. And if you are it. someone who is new to the podcast or you've been OG of the podcast, y'all would know that Chantel was our very first sponsor. What Ooh, happened yeah. to that? Nigga. <laughs> 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 what is that? <laughs> 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 And Marcus, I know you listening. It wasn't me. Wasn't me, Marcus. I know you are. Bro, bro, get a good side. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because I said before Joy hit went live. I said. I don't think it's going to be required today, <laughs> but I have this gut feeling <laughs> that my trail was going to say something. I said that. I gave a I said, I got this gut feeling that my trail going to say something. That's going to That's a gift from God. That's a gift. That's a gift. That's a gift. Yeah. So, uh, yes. But the, yeah. o- the OGs of the show would know that Chantel was our very first sponsor, so that's why you. So we want to talk. About wait, we want to talk about what happened profitability. to it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain why. <laughs> you know, since profit margin won't great last year, but um, I'm coming back. And she did, yo. She grand opening, grand closing. Sis, sis yes. left. Sis left the corporate world. And started yeah, doing her that's really what happened. Yes. I left the corporate world and had to just refocus some of my finances. That's fine. Yeah. I love it. You had to Montreal. say the N word. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you said like you wanted to say the N word. I did. Okay. <laughs> Is that the that new N word? Is that the new N word? That was it. That was it. That was it. Guys, I made it. I am now an N word. All right. <laughs> I'm there with future and all that. And now you have my trail. So, well, damn. Okay. Oh, we trying to find a We were so damn close. We were so close. We were so close. We were so close. We were try again next time on my depression's got jokes. I'm Joy. I'm my trail. And we'll see y'all next week.